All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts. And when you're not alone with your own thoughts, it's a time capsule of a person. And today we have a special guest. She is a mother. Um, she's an entrepreneur. She is everything that's right with this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Shauna Verturbo. How's everything? Verturbo. Good. Oh, my gosh. I haven't been uh, called Verturbo in a long time. I was going to ask what's your new married name, but I couldn't find it. I was like, where do they, did you hyphenate your name? No, I did not. It is now actually Griffin. Ooh. But the Tarbo name, you know. It is Griffin. I like that, Tarbo Griffin. The Griffins. Like the Griffin. Peter Griffin. Yeah, like Family Guy. The Griffins. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot. Is he from the South? Is your husband from the South? Um, his dad is from the South, from Arkansas. Yeah, oh, I know a lot of Griffins down there, like a lot of Griffins, especially down south. Mm-hmm. That's so, where he's from. So, madam, this is a podcast about being alone for your own thoughts and a time capsule of you, you know? Because now we're a mother, we're an entrepreneur, we're a businesswoman, but the goal is like, how do we get there, you know? How do we get to this person? So let's go all the way back. Where are you born? Where are you from? Okay, I was born in um, Misawa Air Base, Japan, Air oh, really? Force Base, Aomori, in Japan. Yes, I've been here forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a long time. <laughs> You're born in Misawa. Uh, what type of big family, small family? So, um, no, I just small. I have two sisters, you know, mom and dad, and my dad was in the Air Force. He was a firefighter and kind of just moved around from Misawa. I think we went to the States for two years. I don't remember. I was too young and then came right back to Yakota. I think Let's I was back in. That up. Let's back to, before we get to Yakota. So Misawa, how long do you think you stayed there? Do you have any early memories of being there? Two years, two years, come on. Yeah, two years. So I was in, I don't remember Misawa much. Um, actually, I don't think I remember Misawa at all. So I think we're there from 87 to 90, 1990, 1987 to 1990. And where do you fit in, in your sisters? You are the middle, yes? I'm the middle. So my older sister was actually born there as well. So she was 1987 and then we left i think 1990 the 90s and where do you go after that where do you guys start heading i think we headed to yakota after that so you went from masawa to you stay how long did you stay in overseas for a long time i feel like for oh i, I lied we went to texas oh Antonio, we went to, to lackland yeah lackland i think it is a lackland air force base i think san antonio and then we were there for, I think, two or three years. Yes, probably three. And then we got to Yakota. To the people listening, if you're not aware, uh, Shauna, she is a former military brat. That's why she's bounced all over the world. Because uh, they might think that you're a figure skater or something like that, you know? So, we're just <laughs> so <laughs> you know, because we're like, where are these people from? Like, moving around all the time. I like going back to America, you know what I mean? Because you, you lived overseas. Did you feel different at all when you're like in Texas? So that's a completely different world. I don't think I remember Texas too much. I just know that the house, I just remember the house being really big from what we were living in. And then 
back right back to military housing, you know. Your whole life. And mom, do you where's uh where's dad from? I dad uh grew up in Hawaii as well. Wow. And where did mom where's mom from? Mom is um Japanese, but she moved to Hawaii when she was young, so I think like ten or something. And that's so how she, Yeah. So she was and then she was raised in Hawaii. So she's like Americanized Japanese. Mm. Mm-hmm. So dad, what is that? So dad is just regular, just regular Hawaiian dude? Uh, no, dad is a um, bunch of, ja- so he's half Japanese and then I think European. So I think Italian, that's Vitarbo is Italian. Yeah. You know, all some other European mix. That's crazy that both of their cultures and you were raised in their culture. Yeah. Well, in, in Japan, technically. Yeah, I don't know if I would. Yeah, I guess I could say I was born. But being on the base, it's a little different, right? You don't really immerse yourself into the culture so much as you, as I think I thought I was when I was younger. So what do you mean? What would be the difference of a traditional Japanese household compared to the mixed Japanese household, being Americanized? I think as I got older, like I would always say, oh, yeah, I'm from Japan. Yeah, I live, grew up in Japan, from Japan, from Japan. But when you grow up in military base, you're not immersed in the culture and the fact that like you don't have access to their medical care, their universal health care. Um, you don't live life on their economy. Um, you know, we get paid as military with the cost of living allowance to live off of their economy based on their yen rate, et cetera. And so, um, you know, women working in like office office settings and stuff is very different. They still, I think they still have that mindset that women should stay home. They're not, you know, it's not bad, but they still kind of have that mindset. And, you know, it's just a very Japanese way of thinking that I just, I, I don't have that type yeah. um, mindset. I have a very American mindset. And I think that's what I mean by like, yeah, I, I lived here in Japan. I've lived here for a very long time. So I am very polite in that sense. And um, I'm not loud on the train, you know, that sort of thing. I'm courteous to everybody's space, but I wouldn't say that I, if someone asks, oh, you're Japanese. No, not really. Not really. What do you say then when people ask you, like, what are you? Like, I'm, a, I'm everything. I'm, I'm worldly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm worldly. <laughs> I am American, um, but I've never, I mean, I lived in Hawaii for three years but that's actually the only time I've really lived in America where wow. I remember it right Hawaii was the last only place so your whole life has been on the far east yep and then two years in the Azores in Portugal okay so let's back that up so right now we left Masawa now we're going to Yakota you're approximately five years old what is the early remembrance of like elementary school? Do you remember your first teacher? Do you remember making your first friend? What's that like? Walk us through that. Let's see. Um, okay. So elementary school. Yeah, I do remember my first teacher. My kindergarten teacher was Miss Richardson. I think Miss Richardson. Uh, and back then we used to have like class pets and stuff. So I took home the, the hamster, all the, and my mom was upset about it, but it's okay. Um, 
And then my first friend that actually is still a friend to this day was, uh, is Brett Wagner. So we're still good friends to this day. And we met fourth grade, if I'm not mistaken. So we met right at Yakota West. So she lived, I think, on the north side. And I, no, she lived on the west side at the time. So from elementary school your first friend happened when you're in fourth grade or you probably don't remember the the younger ones don't think i remember the younger ones because usually our, our in our memories start when we're like 10 8 like when we start like grasping our memories of people around us but that's crazy you remember your kindergarten teacher at five yeah i actually remember all my teachers just because i have yearbooks from back oh. in the day oh. yeah not like, I don't think I... Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even know my kindergarten teacher. I remember my mom had a yearbook. I was like, why do they call me Mikey in here? She goes, I don't know. That's what they called you, I guess. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I have the yearbook. So I know the names and I do remember my neighbor. Um, she was in my class too. I remember her. And yeah. Did you feel like being on an Air Force base? Like, when did you realize and understand that this is... That's probably a normal way of living for you, technically. Yeah. So, um, and it's still a very normal way of living for me now. Um, back then, I don't think it was. So, I guess I did move around a lot, but technically, I really didn't move around compared to most military kids. I mean, I, if you think when I can actually start remembering, so like you said, eight, nine, ten-ish, I was in Yakota, um, and then I left two years only and then came right back to Yakota. So I, I didn't really move around like, you know, every, some kids moving around every two or three years, like their entire lives. So I kind of stayed in the same place. So I don't have that, I guess. And then my friends moved back too. So I had the same friends. So honestly, it was kind of, I had a little different experience than most military brats, I think. Well, you probably dealt with more like survivor's remorse because your friends were rotating throughout your life. You were the most consistent thing and everyone kept leaving, technically, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. So we're in fourth grade. We meet your, your lifelong friend, Brett Wagner. What was it about her that you remember the first time you guys met each other? Uh, I don't remember the first time meeting, but I have very fond memories of us in the the cafeteria eating lunch. So we would like go to um, the shop at in the morning and we would get cup of noodles and, and Mountain Dew. Like we really liked having Mountain Dew for some reason. And it would get us like really hyper during lunchtime in the cafeteria. Um, and we would be laughing so hard that like the noodles would be flying out of our nose and we would be crying. <laughs> we would trouble from the lunch ladies. Um, and I think those are the best memories I've had, like with Brett and aside from like, you know, school and that, you know, doing the schoolwork and stuff. I think the cafeteria was like the best time ever. Yeah. I remember when I got there, people were like telling me about how the, everything was divided by West and East. I was like, they get two separate elementary schools to split people up. Yeah. Oh, you were there for elementary school. No, I wasn't. But like when I, oh. I got there, people kept telling me, like, I went to this elementary school. I said, there's two elementary schools. Is that big? Yeah, it was it, back, at, you know, back then it was, it's not like that anymore. But um, yeah, so West Side was for everybody that lived on the North Side and the West Side, I think, Northwest and South. 
outside. So by the BX in the post office and all that, if you still remember, or YC by that area. You were on the west side because I was on the west side and we would walk, I was, when I would walk past your house and you would be like, uh, oh, that was a different girl that I saw. And I said, I didn't, no, that's the same one. <laughs> past you know like i was like oh yeah shauna's one of my neighbors they're like oh yeah and i was like let's cut through this way <laughs> oh my god that's right we lived in that cool little cold like that circle loop that yeah. was out on the it wasn't really part of the it was part of the west side because it was over the train tracks but it was like right we our had little, our little like our own little cut of it so only us <laughs> we knew what was going on back there and i was like oh oh yeah car coming around okay all right I knew everything. No, I'm just kidding. I really did. <laughs> so, 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 Ella, I think, so elementary school, so was school hard for you or was school easy for you? Like growing up in your household, was like school something that was strict or? Um, from my, what I remember, it was very simple. I never needed help from my parents. But when we joke around about it now, because I have kids, you know, I'll be like, gosh, man, I was so smart. I didn't need any help from my parents at this age. And my dad's like, are you kidding? We would be fighting and you'd be crying. I'm like, really? I thought I was a genius. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Sometimes I guess we don't understand that's how, how hard school is now. These kids have, it's freaking hard as if. Yes, it is very difficult. And I just think that we as children kind of don't remember the bad things right like even if it's like arguments or whatever with your parents I don't think I think we kind of block that out subconsciously so in my mind I was straight A student and I didn't need anybody's help I turned in my homework on my own on time every day and my dad's like no no girl you did not <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> was so who's a strict who's a strict parent in the household who was the the authoritarian or who was that um my mom she was my mom was yeah do you think she was harder on you do you think you were the one that pushed the boundaries the most i think so yeah that was a little bit of a wild maybe not as a young child but when i got older i think i was more of the wild child so let's go when do we when do we get to the wild child we get through fourth grade then we get to middle school what's it like transitioning from middle school because now you have a friend. You have your first friend. You have Brett. So middle school, I actually uh, moved. So so back then, middle school used to be seventh grade on up. But when I moved to eight in the, into the Azores, which is a little island off of Portugal, the coast of Portugal. Is that Rota, uh, Spain? No, no Rota. Oh, yes. I just said Spain. That's the Rota, Spain. Yes. My bad. It's on the coast of Portugal, or I'm sorry, Spain. So it's like right in the middle. I think it's in the Atlantic Ocean, if I'm not mistaken. It's um, it's called the Azores. I lived on the island of Tersaida. And I started seventh grade there. I was there for seventh and eighth grade. And it was a high, it was combined with high school. So it's actually seventh through 12th. I think the graduating class is like 11 people. It was really tiny. I think the whole seventh through 12th grade was like, 300 maybe 200 kids or something like that it was really small 
What was that um, conversation like when your dad told you, hey, pack up everything, we're about to leave? What was that like for you guys? I don't remember that. She was in like high school when this happens, right? For her. Yeah, I think she was, I think she was actually becoming a freshman. Um, I don't remember the conversation, to be totally honest. I just remember getting there. And I was so cool to everybody because I had the, you know how Japan has like the best pens? Like they had like the gel pens. And I know that sounds weird, but like we really do. <laughs> and like the gel pens and like the pastel pens. And so I used to collect pens. And when we moved, I was so cool because I had all these cool pens and we used to like write notes. I remember, you know, with you know, passing notes in class and stuff. And I had like all the coolest pens. So I was pretty, I think I was pretty cool for a little bit. Said <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese. How long did you guys stay there for? Two years. So it was a Dodd, it was a Dodd school. So same thing, Dodd school, military school, all military kids. Um, so two years. Isn't it crazy when you look at how your kids are raised inside Dodds? It's just, they kind of avoid bullying when they're out there because all the kids are the same. They're all going through the same thing a little bit. Yeah, essentially, at least everybody's empathetic with what yes. everybody's because they're aware of it. Um, so that's really, honestly, kind of the, the greatest thing about being in a Dodds school. Um, and I think that's why it was kind of in, you know, honestly, my memory might be bad, but in my mind, I mean, I can ask my parents, it might be a totally different story, but in my mind, um, the transition was really good. And I had a great two years in, in, in the Azores. I made some Portuguese friends out there. The girlfriends out there I have are awesome. I still have them. You know, I keep in touch with them every now and again. And it's just such a cool little island. It's so isolated and it's beautiful. So, I mean, I would love to eventually go back one day and just visit and just explore it a little bit more. So that's kind of the plan, hopefully. Are you the most outgoing person in your family? I think so. I would say so. Yeah. And what are the, what is your older sister like? Is she more shy? Mm. Or is the baby shy? Well, she's not a baby I wouldn't now, but... shy. She's, she's just, she's outgoing as well, but I think her, um eh, yeah she's outgoing <laughs> she's outgoing but in kind of a different sense I, I wouldn't know how to explain it but she's very personable she's fun to talk to she's a lot of fun to be around and you know that sort of thing yeah especially with like three girls you're like the life the life of the party you know what I mean yeah well we didn't get along when we were younger I mean not that we we didn't hate each other but you know two sisters two years apart you know you're fighting over the phone <laughs> you know that sort yeah. of thing like so it, we were very and as only people are always like oh it's only two years apart that's really close but for girls it's it's actually kind of far it's separate yeah because I mean she was a junior I was a freshman um her circle of friends were totally different group you know and so it, we weren't as close in high school but now different story i mean we talk all the time we talk it honestly every day <laughs> so love the bond i think your dad your dad was an officer right no nope. no My, he was a firefighter he was a firefighter that's what mm -hmm. it was i was like yep. to do everything so you go so we're in so we're in there your sister's a freshman you are in seventh grade and you're in portugal you're making friends you're making friends mm -hmm. 
What are those first friends that you first meet? Walk us through that when you land on that base. What's that like? Let's see. Wow. I feel like uh, every initial move, there's like something significant that you remember. Um, I remember being in TLF. I don't remember the person's name, but right when we Put got down to TLF in- for the people listening, because they might not know what that is. Oh, uh, temporary lodging facility, I think is what it stands for. So like a hotel, essentially, is what it is. And um, I remember there was a phone out there. And I think I was trying to call friends back in Japan with calling cards. We had to use a calling card back then. Uh, And I think, gosh, back then, that's sad. But we had to use a calling card. remember... um, I remember who I was trying to call, but someone was waiting, like another kid was waiting to use the phone. And they had just come, I think, from the States. And then we had made, we were friends in the law in TLF. So when we got to school, we kind of just hung out. I can't remember her name. It's terrible. <laughs> she was really nice, obviously. And then we were like friends at school. And then the school was so small that you're kind of friends with honestly everybody. So. Um, it just kind of went from there and everybody moves there for only two years. It's only a two year back then. It's only a two year tour. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't difficult to fit in because everybody went through it and is going through it or is about to go through it again. So it was actually very, an easy transition. If I, I think the hardest transition was I got a locker <laughs> Because I went from elementary school to having like a little cubby to you have a locker, you have to memorize the combination, you have to switch classes, you have to do this. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, that sort of transition, I think, was more difficult than the friend thing. But I do remember having like those um, preschool jitters like the day before. You don't know what to wear. You hope you look cool. You know, that sort of thing. When do, when do you start falling in love with sports? Does that happen at a young age? Like when you become athletic? Um, I think I, yeah. So I started, I think soccer, I think I did soccer in the Azores and I think I played volleyball on like a youth league in, in Portugal. Yeah. How did you fall in love? Were you volunteered to do it? Or are you just like, Hey, I want to start this sport? Um, I think so. I, I've, I've always, I had always played soccer um, since I was a little kid. I think I played like youth sports soccer. Um, so I just kind of was like one of those things you did. I don't think I necessarily fell in love with it until I got to high school. Got it. Yeah. So we're at, we're at the Azores and then that was for two years. And then dad says, hey, let's wrap it up. Time to go yeah. back. It's <laughs> time to go back to Yakota. And I was like, okay, I think I have some friends still there. Brett happened to move back to Yakota. I think she moved back the year prior. So she moved back her eighth grade year, and I came back my freshman year. Wow, so you started high school there. I started high school, yeah. And I remember us being in the lodge, and I was freaking out. I didn't know what to wear on the first day of school. And I was like, you know what? I wonder, like, Jinko jeans were still cool in the eighth <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were huge khaki jinko jeans that i thought were so cool and then i wore like a black tube top and like a black hoodie i don't know and then i remember 
I saw Brad. I was like, hey, Brad. Like, oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> and she's like, hi. And then we later talked. And she's like, you came to school in Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, I Early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just being like, God, that was embarrassing. But, yeah, it's okay. We I wore my skinny flared jeans the next day, and we were oh, so so did you, when you first left Yokota, did you always live on the west side or did you live on different parts of Yokota? I lived on the west side. So um, you- I, on the west side. So we first lived in the tower by the, the ball field in the back. Yes. Um, but then we moved to, you know, where we used to live yes. and we lived across from there and when I was in elementary school and then when we moved back we moved across the street from where I live you've always been west side people because I remember I was like oh yeah. they're new too because we were my brother came his freshman year and then I was like oh you guys were all new at the same time I was like but she knows way more people than us <laughs> you're, you're like oh, I think we had to walk to the bus you're like hey don't worry it's cool I was like, all right cool yeah that's funny because it's I don't remember being that confident. I remember being so like, cause you know, Brett had already had like her group of friends, like Minami, Plude, um, I think Amanda Howe, I think it was and her little group. So you kind of felt like a little outsider, you know, when you come back and you, you think that everything's going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, not, but honestly, I ended up, you know, being friends with all of them as well. It, it, it just took a minute. But, you know, it's just one of those things you got to go through it. And it just it sucks. I just feel for these kids. I feel for my kids when we have to move. It's just really hard making friends, you know? Yeah, it's hard making friends. But I feel like when I talk to people from like our high school, they have these memories that no one in the world has, you know, and everyone's like bonded by different uh different type of bonds and stuff like that. Cause I feel like, I'm not gonna say your code was like, it's like uh, like X-Men a little bit when all these mutants finally get in one place and everyone's weird and everyone's cool with being weird. And then when people tell me all these high school bullying stuff, I was like, no, nah, that wasn't nothing that I had. It was freaking wild as F. <laughs> I was like, everybody was, everybody was doing wild stuff. So what yeah. your freshman year, your freshman year, you meet Brett, who else do you meet after that? um uh rachel uh rachel rachel oh, but rachel wright was I, I met her in gym class and i was like wow she's really cool um i want to be her friend <laughs> I, I think that we became friends like right away but i remember being like yeah she's really cool i want to be friends with her because i'm cool she's cool we're gonna be cool together <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's how it went in my head it probably is. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably is. I was kind of easy making friends. I think like as adults, people ask me, like, what are, what's the house? I was like, it's so easy to meet people. I guess I bounced around my whole life. It's easy to just say, what's up? How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm back. Like you four, right? You, Brett, Rachel. That's like a big mob of you guys. It was like the whole volleyball team and stuff like that. I was like, these are probably the most athletic and smartest people I've ever met in my life. Jesus Christ, these people are smart. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I thought I was back then, but when I look back, I'm like, gosh, I was such an idiot. <laughs> well, I remember they used to do the academic ineligible list, and it'd just be nothing but dumb football players' names, names inside that yeah, list. I, I was 
on the academic and eligible list. She was never on it. So freshman year, what's that? What's it like? What's it like? What's it like your freshman year? Do you feel like you made the biggest memories your freshman year inside school, outside school? Because I think it's, it's significantly strange that a group of people get to see each other every single day like including on the weekend. So the memories are forced together. You know, a lot of people, they only see people at school, but you literally could bump into somebody or make plans to see somebody on Sunday and Saturday. So these lifetime memories, like who was the ones that you like really bonded with? Yeah. Um, freshman year was definitely Brett and Rachel. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we had a good freshman year together. I think that year I was very focused on like school um soccer loved I mean I had to make the soccer team I and it was like I had to make varsity like I had to make varsity soccer as a freshman like that was the main goal because I didn't play volleyball um freshman or sophomore year I only played um soccer actually which is oh I think I ran cross country I ran cross country too for a little bit um and then sophomore year. But what's that like being a freshman? That's a big accomplishment. Did you make it? Were you the only freshman on the varsity team? Uh, no, definitely not the only freshman. Um, there was a ton of us that were really good at soccer my freshman year. This is Brett. Minami was fantastic at soccer. And then, um, yeah, I was not the only freshman. I definitely was not. Um, the practices I felt like were really hard my freshman year. I don't know if that's because it was honestly the first sport that was competitive because youth centered soccer was very, it wasn't very competitive. It was kind of simple, honestly. It was just, I was the fast, really fast. So it made me look good. Um, but when I got to freshman year and I made the team I was very fast but I had no essentially skill like I had no ball control that kind of thing I was just fast mm -hmm. um and I guess naturally athletic where I was able to keep up I guess you could say um now if I was in the states probably wouldn't have made the team but because it was Dakota I made the team you know what I mean um so yeah it was uh I just remember it being so exhausting every day um i almost remember like passing out from like all the sprints and stuff like that sort of thing and i remember thinking god what what is this life what is this life <laughs> who was the coach who was your coach um coach brown brandy brown brandy brown's dad she was that tough on you guys the whole time yeah I oh mean, it was a dad oh it was a dude so he was just beating you guys down, spreading everything else. Yeah, yeah, we were running. I, I feel like, I feel like the memory's terrible, but I, in my mind, we ran only. We didn't do any drills. <laughs> Couldn't score a goal to save our lives, but we could outrun every team out there. <laughs> what was, what was you guys record freshman? Were you guys a good team or you guys are just, no? I don't know. I think we were okay. I think we're all right what did that what did that competitiveness competitiveness do for your life you know do you remember that do you remember having these goals of saying like am i pushing myself or am i pushing my team you know i feel like when people start doing sports their mindset changes a lot you know especially how they yeah. act outside of sports yeah i think for me looking back i i i, I 
I wish I was a little bit more competitive. I wish I tried a little bit harder. Um, I think when you are told when you're younger, I was told all the time, God, you're so good. You're so good because I was fast. Like I I was just fast. I, I had nothing, no dribbling skills, no nothing other than being fast. So I think when you're told you're so good, you're so good, you're so good for so long, you kind of just think you're that, you're that good, you know? And uh, when it came to it, yeah, I was, I was good enough, but I should have tried a little bit harder. I, I don't know where, where I could have been. Like maybe I could have gone to college. Who knows? You know, who, who knows? I just didn't, I didn't try hard enough. And in my mind, it was just live. I am a very, um, well, when I was in high school, I was a very live in the present type of person. I didn't think about the future. I didn't think about what my possibilities could be for the future if I did X, Y, and Z. So I think that was my, my mistake. Was your coach hard on you? Was he like, do you remember like him like either yelling at you and stuff like that? Because I think coaching plays a big part on how people's like psyche a little bit, you know? I think yeah, especially I, young boys, yeah. young boys, coaches are very demeaning on them. They use their insecurities that they project on like boys and stuff like that. So what would you feel like the coaching was if you had to rate the coaching now having kids to what you experienced? Um, I... I don't think I necessarily cared for that type of coaching style. I think it was just run, run, run. Like it wasn't very fun. Um, it was just more like we're exhausted at the end of every practice. And it was just too competitive. is good. Don't get me wrong. But in my mind, I think it was too competitive in a bad way. Um, but Walk us through what bad competitiveness. Walk us, what do you mean when you say it was too competitive in a bad way? Were you like looking at your teammates as in like they were your own opponents or what was that competitive like? Uh, no, I think more in the sense of like, yeah, we lost the game, but if we tried really our best, if we did mm -hmm. try our best, gave it our all, I don't think it's necessary that you need to be yelling at us for not winning. And then, you know, I had a bad attitude. I have a terrible, not anymore. I probably still do, but I had a bad attitude <laughs> when it came to, you know, winning and losing. And if someone messed up, I would be mad that they messed up. Like wow. if I make a mistake, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm hard on myself already, but if you mess up. That's unacceptable. You know? Um, and it's just difficult to do that in a Dodd school. Like you really need to drop that because there's not slim pickings. I mean, you know, that the, 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 the athleticism is, you're trying to turn someone that is really good at basketball into a soccer player because they can at least play basketball. So they probably will be able to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, or softball or, you know, whatever, you're just picking from a pool that you don't have that much selection to make it into something that could at do bare minimum is what it was, you know, and it just kind of sucked, but that's just Dodds for you. I feel like. You made a good point. I never even realized that that they were just taking athletes who are really good at another sport and just putting them inside another sport with like no, no training at all. Like we got yeah. a pitcher. Let's make him a quarterback. I'm like, what? When does yeah. that happen? Great arm. He's got a great arm. Make him a quarterback. Has he ever been hit before? No, nah, <laughs> he, he can do that. Yeah. And I think that's just Dodds in general. I mean, I think they're still doing it and there's, it's a good and a bad thing, right? Like, I don't think I would be able to experience another sport if I lived in a different, you know, if I grew up in the States, 
I mean, I guess I could if I was just naturally athletic to and have that ability, but um, I think it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone in a sense. So you can, oh yeah, I played soccer in high school. Well, I never played it. I was just playing basketball, whatever. But yeah, I had a good time, you know? It's yeah. cool in that. But when it came to like coaching and I, I think it would be very frustrating for a coach. And that's why like I get the coaching style that he had because he had to turn people that have never played or have played a little bit into a team in a very short period of time because it's not like we had you know it's not like we had all year to practice together you know everyone's moving in in pcs now what is your fondest memories of soccer mm, or when do you transition out of soccer it's like i'm gonna do another sport when does that happen it's like you know f it let me get another sport in um i junior year i went for volleyball why, what, what prompted that? You just like, forget it, more memories and more travel more? Uh, my older sister wasn't, um, didn't play anymore. So my older sister played freshman, or her, you know, all the way through high school, she played. So my freshman, sophomore year, she was a junior, senior. So I never played. Um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. Maybe intimidation or maybe just she was so good. Like Shannon was oh. fantastic. Well, um, I just didn't want to be maybe maybe subconsciously now that I think about it maybe it was just I didn't want to be the oh yeah the Vitarbo sisters yeah no the older yeah. one one's not that good you know I didn't want that so I just I don't think I played um and then I had a problem I don't know why but I didn't want to be on JV I, I just I don't know why I that's dumb honestly it was the dumbest mentality to have but I just didn't want to and I know I probably would have been because I had no skill in volleyball um, but ended up making junior year. I made the varsity team, which was cool. But again, slim pickings. It's not like there was a ton of people that played volleyball. So I just got lucky, honestly. Um, yeah. You keep Gosh, diminishing. But... You keep diminishing your accomplishments. You know, even though they're slim pickings, making varsity or something, because they did have a JV team. So yeah, you did. You didn't make. And I think it's what. Well, it's crazy when I talk to people who aren't from our school that lived out there and they're like, no, the Yakota people were all the trash talkers. They're all the athletes. They're all this, everything. I was like, really? They're like, yeah. He's like, you guys are like the cockiest Americans we ever met before. (laughs) (laughs) Volleyball, I built um, confidence because I did honestly get a lot better. Um, I enjoyed the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just being able to hit the ball that hard and then the crowd explode and team explode with excitement gave you just that rush of energy and then you're just like let's do this like we it got was packed out too people will pack in to go to volleyball games we would pack in that thing too yes you guys did and it was awesome it was the best honestly it was really cool and i remember being like this is freaking awesome and like going to tournaments and far east i think both of our far easts were in Okinawa? Okinawa? I could be wrong. I know one of them was in Okinawa. I don't know where the other one. Maybe the other one was in Zama. I think that's when everyone got in trouble, right? (laughs) I did not get in trouble. (laughs) I didn't explain what happened. Explain this. Walk us through that. Walk walk, Walk us through that. Walk us through that. This is one of the funniest memories me and Jonica talk about and everything else. She's all this like, is how I 
Uh, Johnny Come Freaking Dave Ornauer and putting my business in the street. <laughs> I could be wrong, but we had all gone to Chili's with the football players because everybody was dating a football player. I was not. So we're at Chili's, we're with the football players, and then we all leave to go back to our rooms. And for some reason, they had to go to the foot, their, their boyfriend's rooms, I think, on another base. Because I think we were on Camp Foster, and you guys were on Kadena, if I'm not mistaken. They were up there. Yeah. And um, Shiori was my bunkmate, my roommate or whatever. And she snuck out and left. I, I, I don't remember. And I actually had snuck out and left with um fr like friends from Okinawa it's actually my husband's really good friend that I met my husband through him this guy okay. um and we I snuck out and I went down to like this drift spot that they had and I and then I snuck back in and went literally laid in the bed and it was Coach Seely's bang, or no, Darlene was banging on my door. She's like, Shauna, are you here? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I like just pretend that I just woke up. And I had just literally came in through the window and went in the bed. And she's like, okay, you're here. So it was like me, I think, and Darlene were the only people that were staying. I think it was like, <laughs> I don't even know. Monica, Rachel, Kylie. I think maybe Brett. I, I don't know. They all got caught. And I guess it was because Shiori was 14. Like they wouldn't, like wow. they came, I think they came on base at like 4.55 a.m. And they should have waited till 5 a.m. Because they would have been okay. And I Because <laughs> <laughs> she was 14 years old. <laughs> 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 Dave Ornauer wrote this whole article about them. Whole article. I remember that. But I remember being so pissed because I was mad. Like, you guys are so stupid. You guys got caught. What the heck? And we <laughs> tournament. We got kicked out of the tournament. <laughs> I think, I don't know what happened to your guys. I don't know if they got kicked out or what, but we got kicked out of our tournament. Your senior year, y'all got kicked out of the tournament, your senior year. Junior year. Oh, it was a junior year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> junior year. Good, no, 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 we were okay. This is my junior year, and I remember. I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> so hard. God, good. I wasn't out there, but I remember my brother calling me, and I remember, like, Coach Al was all like, he said, that's what's wrong with y'all. Y'all just wanna y'all just wanna have sex. That's all y'all wanna do. Y'all waited, y'all could have waited till y'all got home. These are the same girls that live in your neighborhoods. <laughs> God, it's amazing. Yeah, I just remember getting kicked out of the tournament. Honestly, though, I think that we were kind of like we didn't place very high, so it honestly didn't really matter. Or last, I don't remember, but I, I know it wasn't a big deal that we were <laughs> You guys were, my thing is like, what world would a guy from a newspaper write about high school teenage girls? Like, what is this, One Tree Hill? Like, what are you doing? 
Yeah. All these high school girls' business in the streets, what they're doing. <laughs> Who would do that? Who would do that? That's so inappropriate. He named them all, right? I think he, he named, named all of them. Yeah. He named he named all of them. Imagine you getting the stars and stripes because you snuck out to see your boyfriend, your high school <laughs> boyfriend. Uh, and the funny no, the funniest thing about it though, if you think about it, we just saw them. We were at Chili's with these guys. They were just holding hands with them, and they just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best i remember it being so funny good time he was 14 like oh hey whoa whoa hey whoa he <laughs> not a problem 14 whoa you're pushing it bud you're pushing. come on back come on back <laughs> come on back that's how yeah. i remember but again i i just you know i don't know what exactly happened because i wasn't there i just remember it being really funny later it wasn't funny at the time if you ever hear Jonica's version of it, it is so funny. Really? My freaking dad was so pissed. That <laughs> he put us in the I freaking paper. Like, I feel like that's the one time I didn't get in trouble. Like, because I think by my junior year, I was going to Rapungi and stuff like a dummy. Yeah, y'all yeah. were deep out. I remember, I remember one time I was, uh, I was sneaking out of my house and you were coming back in. And I was like, how do you get... <laughs> To Rapungi, and you like gave me all these directions, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know how to get." <laughs> I was like, "Is it like five minutes away?" And then once I found it, I was like, "Okay, now I get why they're out here." Yep, now I'm going. Yep, yep. it was the best. But I remember it being funny because, like, that's like the one time I didn't get in trouble was when they all snuck out. <laughs> I was like, "Yes." I think I just remember the whole volleyball team like leaving the tournament. I was like, "Man, they kicked the whole team out, freak." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was only, what, two, I think two of us left. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Good times. Oh, let's go back to soccer. So what's soccer like your, your junior? Do you stay the whole year, your whole senior year through Yakota? Yeah, I stayed the whole senior year. So I played, um, played volleyball, and it was awesome. I think I was the only girl from Dodds to win all Far East. Oh. For volleyball. There we go. Yeah, that was everyone else. And that's when, um, back in the day when they had like 26 teams, it was all the schools from Guam. It wasn't just Guam High School. It was like George Washington, I think Simon Sanchez, like all those schools. So it was like a awesome thing, like – I think, yeah, everyone that won all Far East that year was international schools or was from the Guam schools. I think I was the only Dodds, if I'm not mistaken. So that was like a huge accomplishment. And I think that year um, we were actually a really awesome team. Like we were a great team. Um, I, If I'm not mistaken, that was the year that we beat a American School in Japan, ASIJ, for the first time, I think, in like 25 years or something like that. Dang at Far East and it was I think we placed fifth out of 20 something teams which is a big deal for a Dodd school at a volleyball tournament because these girls have been playing forever together since they were middle school you know we didn't have that luxury and we such a solid solid freaking team and it was awesome 
I remember volleyball. I was like, why are they competing with so many schools? I mean, you guys are competing with like, like natural, like people from original people from there. And I was like, man, they have so much competition. So volleyball is like something special to like really do that. Well, that's what I think you guys had that for, for wrestling. Oh um, yeah, we did. F yeah. From the Philippines at one point. Um, sure did. You're right. Yeah. So I think it was kind of the same. We were just really a lucky in a sense, like, it's just good playing different teams and different competition levels and seeing where these, you know, it was just really, really cool. And I had, I wish I had started when I was young. I think volleyball was honestly my favorite sport over soccer. Honestly, I think soccer was just what it had to be because I was, I started so young when I was a kid that I just played, but senior year soccer, I actually, I quit in the middle of my senior year. Really? Yeah, I never walk us, walk us through that. What do you say? You're just like F it or <clears throat> I think so. I think um so as I told you, like my junior year I was like always in Rapungi. I thought it was so cool, you know, I was just this real cool, cool cat, you know, and I just couldn't be mad. So um I think by the time I got to my senior year, I I had fulfilled almost all of my credits. So I only had to go to school for two classes which i think was ap lit literature and government i only had to go to school for that mm -hmm. and but i had to go to school both a and b days to play a sport so i made my schedule i came in every morning went to class and then i just worked i worked at the bx as a cashier for the remainder of the day and then i would go back and go to practice um but by then I just, I don't think I cared about sports anymore. And I think it was just, I think it was just one of those things where I just, soccer wasn't fun. It was so boring. The mm -hmm. drills were boring and I didn't like running. And I think honestly it was a bad attitude and I felt like I was, I thought I was too good for it. And I really wasn't. I just needed to get smacked in the face or something but i i quit <laughs> i didn't play my senior year you think you reached your highness because of volleyball because after maybe. you accomplished accomplished that it was like what else is there i don't know maybe i think um i think i just honestly i think i just cared more about going out and partying and boys i think that's what my mo was back then <laughs> boy crazy boy crazy boy yeah yeah so i just didn't um yeah kind of sucks honestly now that I think about it I was pretty good at it it's pretty good at soccer but eh. and kind of crazy how you only played volleyball for two years and you accomplished that yeah I loved I'm it like it was really it I loved it I really really loved it and then after high school I still I stayed in Yakota so I got to play with the base team and stuff and learn more and still learning how to play to this day let's back that up before we graduate high school so um we're in we're doing sports um, how's your friend dynamic changed? Has anyone left yet or anyone moved yet? Or you had your same group of friends from high school? So I, so junior year, I was, my best friend was Erica Fisher. Um, we hung out all the time. She was my, she was one of, she was my best friend. I think that year for junior year, senior year. Um, well, Erica left. I think I out with like Ryan Hill. <laughs> Ryan. 
Ryan was my dog. He was so cool. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I, senior year was kind of a blur, honestly. I think I was more like working and then going out. A lot of people left your senior year. Um, I don't think a lot of people left. I honestly just think that I, I thought I, I think I, th I think I would just thought I was just too good. <laughs> I was just too good for the school. school. Too good for school. Honestly, it's sad. It sounds. <laughs> thought I was too good for school. I was. I felt like grown up, you know, I, I think I turned 18 April before I graduated. So I was a little, I was 18 right before I graduated. And yeah, senior year was kind of just a, who wants to go out? Who wants to party? But the partying age wasn't 18. It was like 16, right? When I started partying? No, I was like, was the age, was the age of getting clubs? Was it 16 or 18 or? Well, legally, I think it's, Card out here um I, mean, I think they do now but they didn't card back then so we were able to get in yes they did not yeah we we're able to get it's in I don't... yeah so um yeah i think i was just too cool i think i i think school was just like mm, i don't need this anymore i'm good i don't need me you know that did you go to prom or no did you go to prom do you have those moments of prom or you're like f that too um i did go to prom i did go to prom my senior year Junior year too, or you only went to prom one time? Junior year, I did go to prom. Um, I was prom princess, I think, my junior year. Oh, freak. Yeah. Did and you then, go solo, or you went with anyone? or? Um, I went with my boyfriend at the time, um, Dustin. Simba. Junior year. Yeah, Dustin, junior year. And That's then senior year, Marco. What did you say? Sorry. You used to call Dustin Simba. Oh, because of his hair. Oh, he wrestled with us. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. I keep forgetting that you, yeah, you were a super wrestler. And I was like, were, oh, yeah. You, Say right? That again. Say that again. You were all Far East wrestler, too? No, when I left, when I left, that's when I started getting my credits and debits. I remember I had like a head injury and something. But I remember Dustin, because I said, uh, your girlfriend lives in my neighborhood, and I see you driving by. So you should be giving me a ride home after practice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome did he end up giving you right home we'd always just joking i remember it was like that because i was like yeah I, was, I know that's your neighbor i know i see you pulling up over there and you know see, i think he wasn't used to like black kids roasting them like that because it's like we would always just be roasting he's like man you guys don't stop do you <laughs> awesome yeah i think that's yeah junior year was yeah and then senior year Marco. I went with Marco. He just had his friends. Big Marco. So, mm -hmm. are, so as you graduate, do you not, do you go to college or do you, what, what process do you for say, like, look, I want to stay on the base. What, what makes you say that? Um, were you scared um, a little bit to come to the mainland? Yeah. I mean, not a little scared. I was terrified. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, media what media can do and mainstream media you know back then it was like the start of social you know social media back then and you know access to the internet and like all that kind of stuff and i just remember it being uh you know when you grow up overseas your whole life and i mean we only went vacations we went to hawaii every summer which was awesome so i mainland america and hawaii are two different things i mean they're 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 different 
Um, and I remember being so scared. I'm like, I ain't going there. I'm not going to the States. I don't want to go to college. And my parents, I think they had said like, well, you can go, if you go to college, you have to go to University of Hawaii because we don't have residency. It's a lot cheaper, obviously, good school. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to Hawaii either. That was the dumbest thing I think I've ever said in my life. So I don't want to go to Hawaii. I don't want to go to the States. Like, no, I'm comfortable here. I'm going to stay here. And I remember I had to get a job. And I got a job at the youth center as like a, a clerk, like a, um, like an office automation clerk. And it was like, it paid pennies, honestly, it didn't pay very much. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how much money I make. Cause my dad had stayed like a couple of months after I graduated or maybe a little bit long. Yeah. A couple months after I graduated. So I had a little bit of leeway to save up some money. Um, and I remember being like, I can do this. I can live out on the economy. I got this. <laughs> and I got SOPA status through the youth center on base. Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying at Yakota and I like nickeling and diming in at that point. Like I had to live. It was so expensive living on your own. It was Wait, your bad. parents left and you stayed? Yeah, yeah, my dad's PCS. So um, my mom, my mom actually had to go back, went back to Hawaii with my little sister, mm -hmm. and then my dad went and did a remote tour by himself in Honduras for a year. Ooh, Honduras. Um, so I stayed, and I remember having to switch over sofa status, switch over my medical to like I had to purchase, which I've never had to do before. Right when you're under a medical or military doctors you know your dad's tricare you don't have to worry about it but I remember having to purchase insurance every month which I thought was the weirdest thing ever um I was thinking why do I have to pay for insurance unless I get sick <laughs> and then um I remember having to like I had I was like okay I don't think I can afford this so I moved in with my um, boyfriend at the time but we found this really cheap place it was like $700 a month or something like that um, so I was able to afford it then, but yeah, it was, it was rough. I remember it being like, gosh, man. You chose the <laughs> alternate universe. You chose like the hardest route. Yeah, I well, did. I thought you would be easy. Turned out to be like super hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I lived that like, like that for a long time. Um, oh no, I didn't. It was that difficult. So after like, I think I lived like that for like nine to 10 months. Um, a good friend of mine, he was like, well, you know, I'm getting a divorce and moving off base. You can rent a room from me for like 250 bucks a month. I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could definitely afford that. And so I did that. And then I was able to save a lot of money. And honestly, it was just, I was only supposed to live there. Uh, I had broken up with my boyfriend, obviously, and then moved in. And I was only supposed to live there for like five to six months, get back on my feet. But it ended up being so fun. And he always deployed. So I just kind of watched the house for him and, you know, that sort of thing. And I stayed for three years, <laughs> so I wow. stayed in a little tiny room. Um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. I had a great time. We had a, it was so fun. I mean, I what it was eighteen to about twenty one. It was eighteen to twenty one. So eighteen to twenty one. How does that happen? Because now your high school friends are completely gone. They're all in college. Did you ever have like FOMO a little bit? Like when you're seeing people in college a little bit? Did you ever like saying like, dang, maybe I should have been here or? Um, I do now, not FOMO, but I do wish that I would have went to college right away. But back then, no, I, um, I think I was just too busy, you know, living my life and enjoying, enjoying, you know, going out and 
being safe and you know still living in japan and then you got to think everybody came back every summer oh, christmas summertime so it was like shauna well, let's have fun and we all just had a great old time so back then i didn't honestly really didn't even think about you know not living that experience i guess you could say mm -hmm. um yeah and so i would i i did make obviously a new group of friends and um there were air force people this time around and we all had a good time and it was yeah it was just a lot of fun and everybody came back hung out and then they went back on and i was still there what's it like merging your new air force friends with your high school friends what's that like how does that merge your head oh it was, it was smooth it's smooth i mean they all party if you partied back then you partied with everyone you know it was just really simple because my friends in america when they meet my overseas friends they're like you guys party way too hard this is ridiculous how you guys go out like this you still do that no i didn't but when i was in college when i met up with them they're like you guys can still keep going and i said this is life for us yeah we usually come back at 5 a.m so when i got back to america I was like, you guys end at 2 a.m.? What the freak is going on out here? Oh, that's right. That's right. I did hear about that. I heard about Everything that. Everything would end at 2 a.m. I'm just wide awake. Like, what are we going to do next? And like, next, it's over. Go home. Head home. And I was like, oh, we wow. Hours ago. I'm like, yeah, it's done. But like, when they met, like, some of my college friends, they met some of like, my friends from other places. They're like, you guys go way too hard. Way, way, <laughs> way too mm -hmm. hard. And I was like, yeah, man, freaking punky, everything else. And bouncing around so nice. out there a lot uh yeah i was sneaking out there yeah i was uh nice. yeah i was some air force chick was taking me around like having me party and stuff like that because i told her i was 18 and she thought i was 18 that's when i started lifting weights so i probably looked like i could have been 17. oh so my god hanging out there and just partying with like older people and but then when we no. went to europe it was like times 10. It was a whole lot crazier. You got nice. So we went to Europe. It was just like, you just had to be 15 or 16 to get in. And I was already 16. So I was like, yep, let's turn it up again, folks. Let's keep doing it. Nice. That's awesome. So when I meet like, like when I got to America, I would meet people who've never left their state before. Yeah, that, that would blow my mind. So I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, no, or they tell me like Japanese people. I was like, what are you talking about? I know plenty. They don't talk like that. What are you saying? Are they telling me about Dragon Ball Z? And I was like, yeah, when I was there, oh, most of them were like, my parents watch this. We don't watch it. And I was like, what? I was so shocked. Oh. I was like the most shocking thing, me talking to like, oh my, like you know how they used to do this thing where you could adopt like a Japanese family would come on base and you could like hang out with someone your age and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I would talk to this kid about Dragon Ball Z the whole time and he'd be so frustrated. He goes, now, my parents watch that. I don't watch that. And I was like, that hurts my heart, man. He goes, if you want to know how it ends, I can give you the tapes. And he gave me all the tapes. I was like, this oh, is how it ends? Yeah. And I was like, this is how it ends? He goes, yeah. And that's why I love the, the sub version. I always like listening to watching anime inside the Japanese version. I feel like the actors, they project better. So dramatic. It's the most dramatic thing ever. But the dramatics make everything better. I was like, man, Goku sounds so intense when he speaks his own language. <laughs> <laughs> In English, he doesn't sound like he's going to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the overly, the overly sell. Yeah. But it's crazy how America has this, this nostalgia or this, this about how the Japanese culture, like they do everything and we get everything like five years later. Yeah. Yep. So they're like I, light years ahead. 
Tokyo yeah. Disney is the only Disney World not owned by the Disney franchise. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. No, they bought it separately. That's the only one different. That's why they do that Jedi stuff when you can open inside and do, do everything else. Oh, Completely nice. different worlds in Japan. I know. It's, it's fun. It's fun. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I remember this Japanese girl called me the Saru. Saru. I said, like, did you just call me a big monkey? <laughs> What after I, I was at Saru, I said, hey, that's a big monkey. That's what she just called me. <laughs> they kept saying, Saru, Saru, Saru. And I was like, yeah, Saru life. You guys know the Saru is here. And then I remember, oh. I, they're like, yeah, I think they're calling you a monkey, man. I said, oh, <laughs> I know why, because I kept saying I was a super saiyan. So they thought they kept calling me the Saru because they turned into big apes. The, yeah, yeah, okay. Calling me the big ape. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Then when I got older, I was like, I said, I thought it was cool them calling me a big ape. And then when I got to America, I was like, oh, freak, that is a derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I hope he gets there in the story. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I guess Dragon Ball Z was like the big ape, the big ape. And I was always talking about Dragon Ball Z. It was like, Saru. And then when I got here, I was like, oh, freak, man. I've been telling people to call me a monkey for a long, (laughs) a long time telling people my nickname was the big ape to them. That's hilarious. That's good. That's a good, that's a great one. You're going to have to tell that for the rest of the time. Yeah, I think I wrote a whole bit about the Sarus and what they mean. Oh, okay. So back to you. So we're over there, right? We're 21, 21. So what happens? What what happens when you're like, I'm 21? Does that dude move out of his place? Or like, what happens? Like, do you leave? What happens at 21? Let's see. So 21... By by then, you know, you're kind of partied out, right? Because you, you, well, not you. 22 is when you're done. 22, 23. I was 16 years old, you know. It was just exhausting at that. But when you're 21, it doesn't matter anymore, you know. Um, And then I ended up, I think it was 21 is when I got pregnant with my son. Um, And I was like, well. Back that up, back that up. When do we meet, meet, when do we meet Mr. Griffin? Uh, Mr. Griffin, I met him when he was, I was 14. Whoa, wait, wait, back that up, back, what, y'all met at 14? I think I was 15, yeah, yeah, so he, um, he grew up in Okinawa, so my husband was, went to Kubasaki High School. The Dragons. The Dragons, and I think it was soccer, Far East, we had, I don't think we snuck out this time, I think we were just out hanging out on the seawall in Okinawa, I don't know if you remember the seawall. Um, and we were hanging out with a couple of Okinawa guys and like high school boys. And I think my husband was there on the seawall. And I was like, God, that guy is really cute. I told his friend and I was like, man, that guy is really cute. And he goes, really? That guy? Guy? And I'm like, yeah, that guy. He's like, guy. I'm like, sure. And then I remember I had one of those disposable cameras, you know, <laughs> and I was like, get a picture of you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I took a picture. And then um, never saw him again. That was it. That's how I met my husband. You took a picture of him and disappeared. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I'm a ninja. If you didn't know. Let me get a um, let me get a picture of you. Let me get a picture to remember you forever. Because I'm a creepy stalker. Um. Anyway, so fast forward. <laughs> I think I was 18 or 19 or something when I had. I think I found him on, not that I was actively searching, so I wasn't actively searching for him, but I found him on MySpace through, uh, yes. 
MySpace was the best. And um, through his friend, I had his friend on my page and I had said, oh, Guy, Guy, Guy Griffin, very different, you know, Guy is not a very common name. I was like, oh, I clicked on it and I said, I think I was like, hey, I have this picture of you, <laughs> oddly enough. And I don't know why I still had this photo, <laughs> not my husband at the time, but this guy. And I was like, hey, I have this picture of you and I think you look really nice in it. And I sent him the picture and I think he said, um, wow, I look really good in that picture. Thank you. And then he like made it his profile picture. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, he loves me. So we would chat on MSN Messenger. Yes. And we would kind of chat there. Um, and then I remember he was like, I'm, I'm going to join the Navy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, good luck, you know? And we didn't chat as like we were boyfriend and girlfriend or anything. We just chatted. Like, we just talked, you know? Um, and then he ended up joining the Navy and I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk to him again. Um, and then my, and then when I was, then fast forward to 21, um, I met, so my son is not my husband's um, biological son, okay. but I met, uh, his dad and you know we dated for a while and I got pregnant and I remember just being like what is going on and I remember I was crying and I was super sad I wasn't ready for all this and you know 20 I think I was yeah I was 21 when I found out I was pregnant and I turned 22 before I had my son and then I remember being like, oh my God, what is this life? Like, what am I, what's going on? Why, why did I do, what happened? What's going on? You know, um, just your typical 21 year old, I'm pregnant response. And I remember thinking like, how am I going to do this? I still live with my roommate, whom is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to be like, hi, can I bring my baby into the one room that I, you know, my bedroom, you know? Um, and I kind of had to like start life. And then I remember back then I was, um, I was going to actually move to California with, um, with him. And mind you, I've never left Japan. Okay. So yeah, I Portugal, but that doesn't really count. So if you think about it, my whole life is Yokota Air Force Base, Japan. So you can kind of box me in that same category as those people in the States that you met that have never left their hometown. Um, the only difference is I have a little bit more worldly culture in a sense because I lived in a foreign country, but not really. You know, my mentality was still small. You know, I still didn't want to leave. Um, very comfortable living in the apartment with my roommate didn't didn't try to get better i mean i got a promotion at my job but other than that like still had no desire to leave and i remember being like well it's just you know we're still together we're still dating and it's his dad and i got to do the right thing and i'm going to try and get a job and i'm going to go and he got stationed in california and i was like okay let's do this and then <laughs> i remember i got the job and then um, I was like, all right, I guess, crap, man, I think I'm, I got to move to California. And I was, again, same emotions, terrified, didn't want to live in the United States of America. Um, and then luckily, back then I didn't think I was lucky, but he ended up um, 
not wanting to be with me. So we had ended up breaking up, which was good. Perfect timing though, because I would have moved to California if it were hadn't you, have happened. Were you thinking that pregnant? Like let's walk, walk, let's go, let's go a little bit before that. How did you guys meet? How did you and your, your baby's father meet? Um, we met, I think in a bar, we met in a bar. Was he the American as well or oh, American dude? American. He was an Air Force guy. Um, we met a lot of fun. I mean, we had good times together. We got along really well. Um, was he young like you at the time? I think he's a year older, but yes, we're both. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. back then, I think 23. Um, I was 22 when I had my son. So yeah, we we're very young. Um, I, I just definitely both of us were not ready to be parents and definitely not ready to be parents together. Um, I think you have this idea of love when you're young, you know, and you just kind of take it and run with it. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a great time. And I think everybody should go through it and have that in life and experience that. Um, but thankfully for me, it was cut before I made a huge transition in my life. And it just would have been, honestly, I, I think back on it and I'm like, thank God, because it would have been a disaster. Alone, yeah. You would have been freaking alone all the way in California. Yes. And that's why I was very, very thankful that it ended before I moved out there. So I ended month up staying. Pregnancy, did you guys break up in? I'm sorry, what? What month of pregnancy? Because you said you guys broke up before you went to oh. Cali, but how long were you pregnant when he broke up with you? He broke up with you while oh. you were pregnant? Yes, I was. Come on, whoa. I think I was eight weeks. I found out I was pregnant when I was eight weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I think we broke up when I was like 12 weeks, 13, 14 weeks, maybe. So you aren't showing yet? No, 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 no. And it was, you know, when you think, you think back, I remember th if I can think back on it right now, and I remember it being like, devastating like I remember being like how could you do this to me you're a terrible person but when you think about it as you get older and you live you know I live this I live a great life now and you're just like you know I think he did me the best favor in the world you can't see that obviously back then right back then it was like the end of the world um but then it's it's okay you know we made it so well so backtrack so um, we ended up breaking up. Mm -hmm. I think it was 13, 12, 13 weeks. I don't remember exactly. And then cue my cue guy Griffin back in. So he got stationed at um, Yokosuka. Um, I was at Yokota. So he got stationed at Yokosuka. And he said that he ended up calling our mutual friend and be like, hey, you know anybody that's in Yokosuka? He's like, hey, you, you, you got, you know, Shauna's still here? And because we had chatted on MSN before and I just, you know, so cool. And I made this such a lasting impression on him that mm -hmm. he remembered me. He worth a thousand words, really. Really? No, really. Uh, and mind you, I haven't heard from him since I was, I think, 18 because he went and joined the Navy. Um, and then, um, yeah, so he gets stationed in Yokosuka. He called me up and I was like, hello. Uh, mind you, going through all this drama with my son's dad. And I'm just like, what is going on? on like hey yeah what's up man like how are, how are you doing you know it's like hey you want to meet up and 
I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I was actually like coincidentally going to Yokosuka that next day with my friend because she had wanted to go to Yokosuka. She wanted to shop at the Navy Exchange. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm coming to the exchange. Um, and then I ended up meeting up and we had such really, we had a really good time and it was just really fun and really cool. And then we just started hanging out a lot. And I remember I would tell him all the drama with my son's dad at the time. And he was kind of just like that sounding board at first. Um, and then we ended up dating, which was funny because I remember everybody, like literally everybody, my parents, his friends, my friends, like, why is he dating you? Like, you're pregnant. <laughs> what is, walk us through that. What's that like being a, meeting somebody as a pregnant woman? I think that it takes a bigger man really to like love you like that, you know, to like accept, because it's not baggage. That's just, just a little extra weight a little bit. It's not bad yeah. if you want it, you know? <laughs> um, you know, at the time, and this is going to sound weird. I, um, I'm not, I wasn't one of those moms that connected, you know, how you hear all these stories about a woman connecting to the baby almost instantly. Like when the moment they find out they're pregnant, they're just instantly connected. I never experienced that, honestly, with my, um, with my kids, both of them, honestly, I, I never experienced that. I didn't start showing, I think, until I was about six or seven months pregnant. I was still pretty thin. Um, I had like a little bloated belly. It looks like I just ate too many pizzas or something, but I never really looked pregnant. Um, and I remember when I told him that I was pregnant and, you know, he's talked about it before. He would say like, well, I, you know, I'm in love with you, not your, you know, it doesn't matter what situation you bring. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I, I want to be with you. And I just remember everyone, I just being like, what is wrong with you? Like you're what, what a great guy, right? She's Louise. Oh no. Amazing. But I remember thinking back then, like, what? It's like, and he was two years. He's I, no, he's three years older than me, two, three years older than me. So I was like, you're not ready to be a dad. You know, he's like 25, 24, 25. He's still young. Like, that's young to be a dad, you know? You're not ready to be a dad. Like, you don't need this. I'm too much. I got too much. Like, in my mind, I'm too much baggage at this point, right? Like, it's too much. Like, you don't, you don't need it. I think I, I think I even broke up with him a couple times because I just didn't want to do that to him. I didn't want to burden him with that. And he just stayed and he's, you know, he, kept saying it doesn't matter you know I love you and I want to be with you and if your son comes with it he'll be my son mm -hmm. and I'm gonna use him with you and you know and it's like oh and everybody you know you hear everybody saying what they want to say like oh why is he with you like it's weird like he's he's probably just with you for something I don't know oh she's just with him because she gets tricare or she's you know you hear all those things and you're where do you like, hear those things from where do those things come from like how is from your inner circle or is it from his inner circle I think it was kind of a little bit of everywhere. It just came like little whispers and, and not in a, like a bad way. It was just in a, the situation is strange. Let's, let's talk it out and figure out the, the issue. And there, there wasn't, we had a great time. We, we got along so freaking well. Um, we just had, we just laughed, you know, and we laughed a lot. And we had so much fun and it was really cool. Weird. I mean, it was, it was a little strange. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I won't lie. Like I remember when I started getting like bigger, 
um, that was kind of strange, but at the same time, it was wonderful. Like, I think in my mind, um, he was my son's dad, you know, he was my yeah. partner in life and he's who I wanted to share my life with. So, you know, you just kind of like tune out the noise and continue about your, continue about your day and you continue your life. And it was just really cool, but he deployed. So my husband's in the Navy. Mm -hmm. Um, so he deployed, he was on the station on the George Washington and he left in May. Yes. He left in May. My son was born in June and I, <laughs> I remember being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have this baby and <laughs> you're going to come back and you're going to be like, here's your child. Like, you know, it, like I said, it was, it was very weird for all of us, but it ended up being the best. It was really, it was awesome. So walk us through like having your son for the first time. Walk us through that. Do you have your baby alone? Like, do you have, is anybody with you? Do your parents come back or are you just um, out there by yourself? So I was, I was by myself. Um, I remember when I went into labor, so I actually, my son was breached. So he was um, head facing or feet facing down. Yeah. So um, I was scheduled for a cesarean already. So I knew the date was going to be, I scheduled it for July 1st. So I was like, easy birthday to remember. No big deal. July 1st. And the doctor was like, okay, we'll see you on July 1st. I said, okay. And um, my son's dad was actually coming to, I think he was supposed to be here for the, yes, he was supposed to be here for the birth. Um, but he ended up, I, I ended up going into labor on the 28th of June. Mm -hmm. um, and I went, I think I said, I, I think I asked, if I'm not mistaken, I think I asked on Facebook, like, what does, <laughs> what do contractions feel like? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I'm 21, 22. I had a boyfriend, you know, a new boyfriend, new relationship, you know, as weird as that sounds. So I wasn't going to like birthing classes. I wasn't reading up on being a mother. And honestly, I think in a sense, it was kind of naive of me. And I think I was maybe in denial for a little while there. Like I mentioned before, I, I didn't have a connection. Um, and then I remember going into labor and I had asked like, what do Braxton's Hicks or no, what do contractions feel like on Facebook? And everyone's like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. And Arlene Seeley saw the message and she just happened to be up. And she said, you need, you want, I'm going to take you to the hospital. And she kind of like forced me to go. And I was oh, like, she was out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was still here. And I said, okay. Um, and she picked me up. We went to the hospital and I remember the nurse and she goes, honey, you're not in labor. You're not, I'm not supposed to see you for like two days. And I'm like, okay. And I remember sitting on the bed and she checks me and she goes, oh, you're only like two centimeter or three centimeters, something small, like low number. And I was like, okay. She's like, well, we're going to monitor you for an hour. And then if not, you're good to go. You can go back home. And she gives me this whole spiel. I remember about, <laughs> you're going to be at two centimeters for, you could be in it for like two weeks. And I'm like, Oh crap. She's like, but you have your C-section scheduled. You're good. I'm like, okay. And then she came back an hour later and I was nine centimeters dilated and I was, Oh, 
Yeah. And so everything was kind of like an emergency. So um, called the anesthesia, everything happened really fast. And I remember it being like, sign, 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 sign. And I'm just like, you might die if you lose too much blood, blood transfusion. And I'm just signing at this point. And Darlene's like, oh my God, like what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. And, you know, I'm in pain and we get wheeled into the, um, the operating room and I think I don't think I've ever felt so alone in my entire life. They wouldn't let Darlene in for some reason. I don't remember why. I, I don't know the reason. Um, she couldn't come in. And it was a bunch of strangers because I don't know why in an operating room there's like 15 people in there. It was a lot of people in there. Uh, and I remember feeling very alone, very scared, um, just just not a very good feeling when you're supposed to be welcoming this miracle bundle of joy, you know? Um, and then they're like, okay. And then you're numb. You don't feel anything. And I remember the anesthesia made me really sick. So I was kind of throwing up as they were pulling my son out and it was just exhausting. And I remember he came out and you can't wear your contacts or your glasses or no, you can wear your glasses, but I was throwing up. So I didn't have my glasses on the guy, the doctor took it. Um, and they're like, Oh, here's your son. And I remember I couldn't see. So I couldn't see what he looked like. I could just hear him. And then I remember as I'm like, they're bringing him to me, I ended up throwing up because <laughs> I was so sick from the anesthesia. The anesthesia made me sick. Um, so that was, and then I remember getting wheeled back to the room and I'm just a different mother, I guess, in the sense where I passed out immediately. I was so tired. I, I, I don't, I, I remember waking up 12 hours later and Darlene was doing a shift change essentially with Stephanie Dolby and they were, they helped me. They, cause I, I couldn't, I just didn't have it in me. I think it was emotionally, physically, mentally draining. Um, and then I woke up and then 12 hours later and I, apparently I was mother. What is, who named him? What's his name? His name is Lucas Vitarbo, Lucas Buiti Vitarbo. Um, and he, we named him, we were going back and forth on the names, obviously. And then you and Guy named him? No, no. Me and, um, his dad named him. And then we went with Lucas because I was like oh I like Lucas and he's like oh yeah I like Lucas like that Mexican candy because he's Mexican oh like the Mexican candy <laughs> never had it but okay I like Lucas whatever so we named him Lucas <laughs> but I gave him my maiden name yeah. um I my he, he's, he's a great he's a nice nice guy don't get me wrong but he just wasn't very involved you know he didn't didn't call much he just had the tickets booked that's all honestly what I really knew which is fine um but so I didn't want to give him a name and him feel left out honestly is what it was my whole you know back then I was a Vitarbo and all my family was a Vitarbo and they you know so I just wanted him to have something familiar I didn't think it was more of a selfish thing at the time but it's a good name Vitarbo is a great name <laughs> did you did so when you have your son how does that change you when you take your son home? And it's crazy before, before that, when did you and Darlene become like, how did, that's kind of crazy how, how alone, how somebody came from like your high school and was just like, yo, I'm here for you. 
Yeah. Um, Someone magically pops up when you feel you're li- when you're about to get alone alone. Have you noticed that? Yes. Um, Darlene and I hung out a couple times like before that, but we weren't like hanging out every single weekend or anything like that. We hung out a couple times, and I think she was just one of those people that had we hung out and we both liked each other. Obviously, we weren't hanging out every day or anything, but we just enjoyed each other and we thought highly of each other. And I think she just really she was great she was she was great she uh, to this day like when I tell the story I'm always like man Darlene just came through for me that night you know and so did Dolby and Dolby Stephanie Dolby is another one they just came through they're just one of those people that you're just like god you would give me the shirt off your back you're amazing um I don't know how that happened it just it was random I think she would I think she honestly just happened to be up and she's a good person she she came and got me like that's really honest what it was it was it was cool stories like that are amazing like when just friends just pop up sometimes we don't know how much we're loved by people around us you know yeah no that's definitely true and she definitely pulled through it was it was awesome it was really cool i wish she was in the room with me but (laughs) that's okay waiting though yeah she was with my son so that's good so you got Lucas, what's it like? What's it like you having glasses on and holding him? You know, what's it like you finally looking at him? Is it weird a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I didn't have the, again, didn't have that connection. Um, it was more of the, well, I guess I got to be a mom. And they wanted me to breastfeed so bad and I just couldn't do it. And The herd uh, or what? Um. One, it hurt, and then two, I think I wasn't producing enough milk, I think, at the time. Um, my, like, my son could, back then, could eat, he could still eat, but he could eat, like, he would drink so much milk, um, and I just wasn't producing enough, and then it was hurting, and I was young. Um, if I were to do it all over again, it'd be a totally different story. I would try a little bit harder, but I just gave up, and I just pumped for him, um, and I remember just being like, gosh this is this is weird and like going home and he would sleep and I remember and be like I have to keep like you know because they all they'd say at the hospital is you have to breastfeed your baby this is what I got out of it I mean they don't directly say it like this obviously but what I got out of it you have to breastfeed your baby or he's going to get sick and die and SIDS is very bad and he could die and you're just like thank you for that I'm for giving me the confidence that I need to take care of my child that is fantastic you know and you're just like at 22 years old you're like all right well don't let him die and so I remember he'd be sleeping and they're like you need to sleep when your baby sleeps and you're like okay but they told me not to let my baby die because Sid's is gonna kill your baby like that's all you get and you're just like like watching him making sure he's breathing I think I even put my hand under his nose one time. <laughs> um and then his his dad came I think on the first month of July so I was still in the hospital and his dad came and he met him and I was exhausted because they don't tell you how exhausting it is to have a baby when you're 21 years old and um yeah I was so exhausted we took shifts (laughs) we had like shift work going on and very very interesting um my my guy my husband now but my boyfriend at the time was deployed so that was interesting trying to like navigate 
son's father, boyfriend deployed, and you know, all that. So, so yeah. when Lucas's dad leaves, now you're alone, alone. Mm hmm. What's now that? I'm alone. This guy like sending you, like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, talking to you and stuff like that. Do you ever feel alone? Because it seems like your whole <laughs> life you stayed, you wanted to stay comfortable in that comfortable space. It ended up making you alone. Yeah. No, I think you're, you nailed it. I think I was very, I think raising a child makes you, you, you don't think about being alone, if that makes any sense. Um, you're so focused, well, I was so focused on keeping the child alive and doing the best that I could at the age that I was, that I didn't feel that way. Um, did I feel lonely at times and couldn't share things with, with my, with guy at the time? Absolutely. But did I feel alone? No, but looking back on it, yes. Yeah. You're in complete isolation. You went to, you sheltered yourself away from everyone. Technically you went to find shelter and you end up being in a shelter alone. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. place is nice, but nobody's here nobody's here yeah and then you know when you have a baby at 21 22 like all the friends that you had they're still partying you know they're still out having a great time they're still going out and so um i didn't you know i didn't have that luxury anymore so i just kind of hung out and then my friend lena she lived above me in the apartments um, and mind you i'm sorry i moved i had moved out of my my roommate's house i had moved upstairs we were in the same apartment building but i had just moved upstairs so she, my other friend would come over and we would hang out and then I would occasionally go out and hang out. And it was just weird. Like I just was not, I wasn't ready to be a mother, mm -hmm. but I was ready to be a mother, if that makes sense. Like my son was very well taken care of. And, you know, I went, I worked full time and he went to daycare and, you know, the whole thing, but at the same time, if I would have done it over, I would have done it a totally different way. Like if I would have had a kid now, it just would have been different, you know? You know how to adapt. Huh? You know how to adapt quickly. Very much so, yes. And I've always kind of been like that. So, I mean, it, it, and you know, it, it just got better and better, obviously. And then the connection you build with your child after that was just it was amazing. I had a, I have a very strong connection with my son and we're very, very close. And we were very, very close. He's a very snuggly little kid. Um, and it was just, yeah, it's different. It was just different going from having no connection while he was in my belly to waking up 12 hours after he's born and then being like, wow, I am a mother now. We need to do this. And I know that's not your typical story. I know a lot of people are like elated from the second they find out they're pregnant and and they're just like over the moon excited and they have this deep connection with their child. And it's, you know, I just didn't have that. And I don't, I don't know why I, I couldn't tell you why. And the doctor just said, Oh, I even asked the doctor cause I thought something was wrong with me. And she said, no, some people have it. And she asked if I was depressed and if I had postpartum, which I don't think I did. And I don't think she thought that I did either. So that worked out, but yeah, it was just, different, different experience for everybody. I think every mother has a very different experience when they talk about their childbirth and their, you know, raising their kids. So we have Lucas, right? And you, you're now you're adjusting to being a mother. 
when does what type of baby is he? Is he a loud baby? Is he quiet? Like what type of He is the best Nope. He only cried when he was hungry and we were on such a good feeding schedule that it was easy. You know, Dolby, um Stephanie Dolby's mom and she helped me out a lot. I mean, I didn't know nothing about kids, babies. <laughs> so they helped me. They helped me a lot. Um, I got him on a good schedule. He, no, he was, I was given, I think, what I could handle. Mm. And I don't think I could have handled a colicky crying baby. So I was given of easy, cried when he was hungry. You stuck that bottle in his mouth, good to go. Took it out, changed his diaper, burped him, passed bar back in, sleep. That's what I, that's what I. Walk us through when Guy first meets Lucas. What's that like? So Guy got home, let's see, September. So Lucas was born June 29th of 2009. Guy gets back September, I think middle of September. And I remember being, I don't think I, I can't remember if I went to the port to meet him or if he came to Yakota, I don't remember which one, but I remember giving him Lucas and he picks him up and he goes, hi, I guess I'm your dad. <laughs> and we were married at the time. Um, we were just dating. And I remember just laughing like, oh my God, this is weird. Like, are you sure, right? Like, I'm your dad are, <laughs> are, are you sure that this is what you want? Cause you're not gonna be, you know, I, I that was one thing I remember thinking, like, I'm not going to be like those women in the movies that bring a different dude in every time because she doesn't have, you know, I, I was like, I'm not going to be that woman. <laughs> um, I don't want my kid to go through that. And I just remember being like, are you sure? You know, and it was like, yes. Like, he looked, kept looking like, yeah, dude, like, I'm, what the heck, man? Stop asking me the same question. Yes, I'm sure. Like, I love you guys. You're great. Blah, blah, blah. And it was awesome. It was just, it was a really cool moment. And then, yeah, and then we got married that month too. Let's back it up before the marriage. When uh, when did you know that guy was the one and the prototype of the one? What moment did you have where you're just like, this guy is the one for me? Mm. It seemed like you guys connected pretty fast, you know? We did, we did. Um, he just, you know, he just makes me laugh a lot. Um, and I remember, so he used to message me like all the time, like, you know, text message on the phone. And I remember one morning he had sent me a text message. This is obviously before Lucas was born. And he had said like, uh, good morning. I just wanted, you know, cause we only saw each other on the weekends cause he lived in Yokosuka and I still worked in Yokota. And he would say, good morning. I hope you have a good day. You know, I love you. And then I think he had said something like really sweet in the along the lines of like, your, you know, your situation doesn't define who you are. And I want to be a part of your life. And I'm going to do whatever I need to, to be part of that. And if it means I'm going to be a dad, then I will be a dad. And then I was just like, in that moment, I was like, yep, you got me. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, I I don't I couldn't tell you how many times I broke up I broke up with him back then, just to try you know get him out. Like you, 
I didn't want to put him in that situation. He's a young sailor, got to Japan, you know. I don't know. Sometimes you know what the heart wants, you know what I mean? You know what he wants. That's, that's what he says. You know, when you know, you know. And he said he knew he wanted to marry me immediately. And that, After he got uh, that profile picture, he knew. He goes, these are going to be forever. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to have banging Instagram pictures for the rest of my life. I got to marry this girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Call this episode the profile picture. <laughs> so so he meets Lucas. He falls in love with Lucas. And where does he propose to you at? Do you guys just get married or proposes? Well, how's that? What's that like? We had been talking. Um, we had been talking about getting married, getting married. I'm like, dude, are you going to marry me or what? Like, I remember being like, are you going to marry me? I'm talking about it, man. Like, God, you know. He's like, yeah, I was like, we can go to City Hall right now. And we went down to City Hall and we got married, like City Hall in Japan. And we got married and then there you go. Did you want to get married or do you think, are you just like, why did you say like, let's do it now? Or were you not that typical big wedding, get engaged, ring? Or you just wanted to be with me, like F all that stuff? I don't know. I, I think that I... I think secretly I might've wanted that, but at the same time, I, I think that I just, I was like, this is, you're here. You're, you're, you're leaving again for another deployment. Like, let's just do it. Like you say you want to do it. You want to do it. Right. You know, I was like, you want to do it. Right. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I want to do it. I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's, let's go do it then. Like it's, you know, whatever we can have a wedding later. Like that was the mentality behind it. Like we'll have a wedding later. And I think that honestly is kind of like the military mindset. Like you just kind of get married right away and like mm -hmm. think about that later. I think that's more of like being around military or with military. Um, and I think I had that mindset. So maybe that's why, um, but I really did. I wanted a wedding um, later on, like after we can save up a little bit of money. Like I didn't want to take out a loan to have a wedding or anything like that. So, oh, we'll save up a little bit of money and then, you know, we'll go from there. And then a little bit of money just never came because, you know, we had to buy cars and, you know, this, that, and the third, everything just, you know, life. So we never saved up money for the wedding that we just never ended up having one. Do you still want one? Do you still want that wedding? Vegas? <laughs> no we actually had a really amazing amazing 10-year wedding anniversary in Mentawai, indonesia and it was oh. the beautiful it was just it was we spent a little we spent some money on it so i guess i could have even had some a wedding but we spent some money on this place and it was probably one of the best trips i've ever had in my life so we we'll get before the before we get married. What are you? What does your mother say? What does your mom and dad say about you being pregnant or anything else? What are they saying? Is your mom calling you and saying like, "What's up, Shauna? What's what is your sister sister saying? Like, what's that support system like?" Um. So back then, like, I wasn't like the super super close with my family. Um, I went and saw them in Hawaii and like told them that I was pregnant and that sort of stuff. But like, you know, they they. They lived in Hawaii. It's very expensive to live in Hawaii. They are both working. Um, and I had my son in June, like peak summertime, like travel time. So like they couldn't come. Um, they were supportive. Um, they were like, okay, well, good luck. You know, like they, they, they couldn't. My parents did a really good job of not holding my hand through life. You know, I was, I moved out on my own at 18 years old. Um, they didn't help me financially. Like I had to do it on my own. 
and I did it and I did it. I did well. Like I, you know, I did really well at it and it was difficult. Don't get me wrong. But because of that, I think that's why I just, I don't need them financially. Like I don't, you know, I just don't need that from them, which is, I think is a good thing. And so when I was having my son, um, I would have loved for them to come, at least my mom, you know, but she couldn't have come. She had to work. So that was, that was kind of, that kind of sucked a little bit, but they came and they, no, I went there and they met, they met Lucas and they just instantly fell in love. And I think that's where our bond, you know, got kind of closer and, you know, just a baby just brings a different perspective out of people. You know, it just brings a different person, which is really cool. Cause you're like, wow, I, I didn't know. Wow. Okay. You're a little soft there. huh? Um, so it, it it ended up being like Lucas was kind of like the one that brings everybody together. I mean, we just had, and then, yeah, we're really close till to this day. So it's, it was a good thing. Like the baby was an awesome uh, blessing for our family. So. Does your sister dynamic change? Does the baby change her relationship too? Because you said you guys got closer as you guys got older. Yeah. So uh, Shannon lived in Germany and we were cool. Like she lived so far, but she lived such a cool life, you know, and I remember being like, Hey, how's your life? Like your life is awesome. And she's traveling all over Europe, you know? Um, and we would just talk all the time and chit chat. I think it was just living together in a high school scenario that that's why we weren't close. It had nothing to do with like us, but, yeah. and then after that, like she'd left high school when she left the house, it was just really good after that. So yeah, it was good. I don't, she met, oh no, she did meet Lucas. Lucas was, I think, six when they all met him for the first time. It was for my little sister's high school graduation. What's your little sister's name? Um, Danielle. So what is she, so when she meets Lucas when she's in graduating, when she's graduating high school? Yeah, graduating high school, but she's so good with babies. It was so funny. Like, I was like, God, you're really, you're really good with babies. And my mom babies you know everybody I think everybody just loves the baby stage she was really good with him I was just looking at her like god you're better than you're better than me <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for six months what's going on she was just really and that's you know that's his that was his favorite on because she was just fun you know fun and super young what is it like when God meets the family do they like him immediately my guy met the family when my my parents came here mm -hmm. and they met him and yeah they liked him yeah yeah they liked him um but it was very short like i don't think it was enough time to like form this huge opinion on him they're like obviously it's a good guy he's staying with you and you're pregnant i mean hello <laughs> he's staying with you um and then you know the joke around like ah there's he's and, and you're pregnant and he's staying with you wow you know so um and he's staying with um yeah so they they did like him um yeah they liked him initially but i don't think they stayed got to know him long enough in that first initial meeting to form a really big opinion about it but they did like him initially so what about good. his family when you meet his family you and lucas go to guy's family what's that like so i didn't meet i didn't meet his family um until Lana was born. What's the space between Lana and Lucas? 14 months. Do you notice all your kids have superhero names? They're all in <laughs> comic books. Lana. Lana after, Small um, Bill. Yes, Lana Lang. Lana Lang and Lucas Skywalker. 
Oh, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, my kids are superheroes. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. You named all of them after, uh, yeah. Was that intentional or no? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, Lana, oh, that's Superman's girl. Yeah. She had powers too at the end of the comic books. Yeah. Well, Lana, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lana was named because we were like Lana laying off of Smallville. I thought that was a cool name. So we're like, yeah, yeah let's do that. So when, so when does, so guys like, let's have, let's try for another baby because you're now married for two years, right? It's going on two years. No, I, I, Lana was, so Lucas was born June 2009. Lana was born September 2010. Oh, y'all weren't playing around. No. Um, I think I, to this, to this day, I tell the reason why I had a kid so fast was because it was either now or never because I didn't want to do it again. But I can't remember if that's really what it was or if that's just what I told myself what it was, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to get it out of the way, I think, is what it was. And so we're like, let's try again. And I was pregnant again. I felt like I was pregnant for two years straight, man. And then got pregnant with Lana. And honestly, it was the same exact story. He was deployed again for the second birth. And I was completely... And picked you up? <laughs> Arlene didn't pick me up, but Dolby picked me up and she took me to the hospital and she actually was able to go into the, um, the operating room this time. I had another C-section. Um, I was really, really, really trying to have a V-back. It's vaginal birth after cesarean. I really wanted to, to experience that. I think I wanted to see if I could go all natural, no epidural, nothing. I really wanted to do that. But, um, my daughter came out at 34 weeks. So I was like, dang, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> and in Yakota, um, I don't know if you know this, but Yakota is a clinic. So they can't, they don't have, I think it's the enough blood. So if something were to happen to me during the vaginal birth and like my my previous cesarean scar or scar tissue ripped over or something like that, then um, they wouldn't be able basically to save me. So they told me initially when I first got pregnant, okay, you want to do a V-back, she's face down, you're good to go. You're going to go to Yokosuka and you just have to wait around at 38 weeks and just wait to go into labor. I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then I went into labor at 34 weeks on Yakota. So I had to have another C-section. So that kind of sucked. Um, same, I feel like I, it was literally like deja vu sign here, sign here, you might die, sign here. And you're just like, what is going on? Same time, they were born, I think, an hour apart or something ridiculous. Like they're almost the exact same thing happened. Woke up, am I in labor? What are contractions feeling like? Hmm, go to the hospital. That is. <laughs> yeah, literally the same thing. I went from two centimeters, again, nine centimeters within an hour, I feel like. Um, but this time, the only thing different was Dolby got to be in the room. So that was nice. I wasn't alone. Um, she got pictures, which I didn't have pictures of Lucas in the operating room. I didn't have those types of pictures. But she got pictures of Lana, which was really great. And this time, though, I didn't fall asleep. I stayed awake. Um, <laughs> I stayed awake after I gave, um, after they pulled her out and they got her all washed up. But I did, I was still sick. I was still throwing up from the anesthesia, like that whole thing. But um that second time around, because Dolby was there, I didn't feel 
alone. Um, but I remember it being the same nurse. And I remember her looking at me like, you're alone again. Like, no, where's the baby dad? You know, like it kind of, I was like, okay, stop judging. Get out of here. Like, take your job. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, meets Lana. What's that like? What's the so look he, in his eyes like? He didn't get to meet Lana until she was so three months. Uh, and it was honestly, I feel like it was the same reaction. Hi, I'm your dad. Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your, he was such, he's such a good dad, you know. He, he, I think he loved when they were baby babies because he played video games. So he would put the baby right by him like this and play a video game and I would go to work and I'd come back and they would be in the same position, all of them, just all laying. I'm like, did you guys move at all? Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Changed the diaper, gave him a bottle. <laughs> it was crazy because your kids look, you know what I mean? It's good that their kids, they both look alike. They look close. They kind of look like twins a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people say they look like twins. I mean, they're only, what, four, 14 months apart, so they're not too far off. So what's the difference between raising a girl and raising a boy? Do you, what's that difference like, raising a daughter and having a son? Um, so in the beginning, you know, I don't think you really notice it. I mean, Lana, poor Lana, she, you know, my Lucas was such, such an easy baby, but when he got to two, he was like psychopath. He was crazy. He was all over the place. He was, and he was huge. He was like, he was like a quarterback or not even a quarterback. He was like a My defensive. <laughs> and um, I remember Lana was such a good baby too. She was an amazing baby and um, no issues, even though she was born early, thankfully. So we didn't have to worry about that, but she just had to kind of like, you know, fend for herself, essentially, like, I would be able to feed her, but I couldn't hold her and feed her like I did with Lucas, I'd have to put her down and hold the bottle and then entertain Lucas, you know, because he's one at this point, he's all over the place, he's walking. And I remember that being very difficult. And I felt so bad for Lana. And I say to this day, that's why she's not a cuddler. You know, Lucas, I was cuddling and holding a lot. And he he's 11 and he'll still come in my bed sometimes and lay with me and just snuggle. Lana likes to do it, but she's uncomfortable with it. And she just ends up like, okay, I'm going to go to my bed. She a daddy's yeah. girl? She's a daddy's girl. Yeah. So she, she cuddles is. with more dad more. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, she doesn't, she does with me occasionally, but it's not like Lucas. And I blame it on because I couldn't hold her as much because of him. <laughs> what would you say, right? What is the hardest part about raising a like raising children? Like, what will be the difference between your, the way your parents raised you and the way you're raising your children? Um, I would think the pressures of society and how you raise your child and everyone's opinion on what they think is right. You know, there there is no right way to raise your child. Um, like, I, I have friends that like. They'll be like, what? Like, you, you still sleep? Not not me, but they'll be like, some girl will be like, yeah, my son still sleeps with me. He's seven. What? Your kid still sleeps with you? Why are you letting him sleep with you? Blah, 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 blah. And you're just kind of like, and I, I think at one, honestly, to be honest with you, I think at one point I was that way. But now I'm definitely not. I'm a little bit different now. I think I kind of allow, 
how, how you want to raise your kid is the best, you know, is a good, it's good. Your decision is your decision. You're doing, if you're doing the best you can, then that is the right way. And I think if you want your kid to sleep with you till he's 12 years old, sleep with you till he's 12 years old, if that fits your lifestyle, you know? You know, you, uh, do you notice that your kids are kind of like going through the same path of you going? Like they're, you were inside the military, they're inside the military. So they're kind of like going down the, not the same path, but they're kind of like, you get to have like a second chance to like see your life repeated through a different, through different lenses a little bit. Um, As yeah. dot kids, like, what do you think the difference? Cause you were a dot kid and they're completely different. They have technology now. They're a whole lot smarter than you. They probably could figure out. For real, like kids, I think they they could probably use your phone way better than you or everything else. Yeah, for sure. Um, my kids probably won't. Well, so we are actually PCSing, leaving here November of next, well, hopefully November of next year, my husband picks orders. And then after that, he retires in four years. So we will be away from the military after that. So we're hoping to get stationed back in Hawaii um and then get away from the military um i think it's time but that's gonna be a big step for you like do you think you'll ever go to the mainland and ever live in a state i hope not hope not <laughs> but what about how would you feel if your son or your daughter's like well i want to go to college here you know I'd be okay have, with that yeah but how but you've never been out there so you're about to embrace I a whole nother change right <laughs> I I don't even want to think about college. <laughs> That's they're the so they're eight, right? They're, two, they're older than that. Twelve. Yeah, they're ten. Yeah, they're old. about uh, to be like adolescents. I I am all for them going to the states. Um, I just don't have a desire to go to the states. I've been to the United States before. I've been to Dallas. I've been to Nashville. Um, been to Orlando. Seattle, you know, I've been around, visit, um, I just, no, I don't know, I don't, I don't care for it, everyone's like, you would love it here, you would love it here, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I guess, I bet I would, I bet I would love it, I, I don't think I would hate it, I don't hate anywhere, um, but I don't want, I just don't want to, but if it happens, if we get stationed there, then we get stationed there. I hope not. I hope we get to Hawaii because we want to retire there. But have you ever heard of this personality called a swamp personality? Have you heard of that phrase before? They mm -mm. say swamp personality or swamp people or swamp animals are the people that have the ability to live on land and live on water. I mean that you adapt to every situation. That's why they call them the swamp, the swamp people. And throughout your life, you really have adapted to everything. There hasn't been any situation where you were just like, couldn't do it. You find a way to get through it find a way to invest you find a way to live through it yeah but i don't think you cannot right you have to. some people do some people don't find a way some people don't like it's like very perseverance you like being alone for so long of like being by yourself i know a lot of people like break down a lot of people their biggest fear is being by themselves oh. you like embrace it to be such a big personality and to be the most outgoing person out of your family and your siblings you were the one that was probably the most isolated out of everyone. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I guess. I mean, when I think of my time, like on um, by myself, like in Japan, you know, when I when I my family left and stuff, I was, I 
I loved it. I had a great time. Like I had a really good time. I, I guess I didn't see it as um, that, you know, alone, really. Some people hate. So I know people like during like this pandemic, a lot of people in New York have been going crazy because they don't like being alone. They don't like the feeling of being themselves or being stuck or everything else. But I freaking love it. I love being alone. I love that. Well, I. It's amazing. I feel like sometimes we're when you're from like big families or anything else, like all of my siblings like being alone. We could be inside the same house, but we all can be in separate places and everybody's just cool with it. Oh, yeah. I think I, I don't think I like being alone. I, well, I don't know. I don't think I like being alone. Um, I like, I think the pandemic has definitely allowed me to accept being alone and being isolated with your family. Um, but do I like it? No, but I've accomplished a lot during this pandemic. I just finished a 200 hour yoga certification. I did, I did a a master's pro I'm doing a master's program, the MBA program. I finished a class, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot done during the pandemic. Oh, and when I'm talking about alone, I'm talking about like when you're alone and then you like you, most people that do that alone. And then now you have this family. So it's just like, the loneliness, not loneliness, but like the being alone is like surrounded by a different type of love, you know? Mm, yeah, okay. Know how to be by themselves, know how to go within something else. That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, got it, got it. Like okay. when you're cool being by yourself, like when you're with another person, you're like, you don't, you're depending on them, but you embrace their love, you know? Yes, yes. Love fills sense. up that place. Yeah. Yeah, shout out. When did you start getting into yoga? That's why I mean, I show my lady stuff. I was like, yeah, we, we're not doing that at all. Oh, that's <laughs> quiet. Was, I was like, yeah, we went to high school together. He's like, look at that. He's like picking her up in the air. <laughs> I'm not having a part in my face. <laughs> I started yoga. I think this is a pretty good story. I like telling this story. Um, I started yoga five, four years ago, four years ago, we had just got stationed in Yokosuka. Um, and I moved from Hawaii and my family was in Hawaii and it was great. I had a good group of friends. It was wonderful. And we got orders back to Japan. And at first it was like, yes, Japan home. We're going home. This is awesome. And I, you know, I didn't came back, didn't have the friends that I, you know, I know everybody's gone, you know, no friends again when you start over at a new base it's very difficult especially as an adult right and then i um i i couldn't get a job to save my life and my kids my daughter had just started kindergarten so i was home all day long by myself and i am a terrible home what do they call homemaker like i'm i'm just not good at it i i, I just you know it's, it's it's not my strongest attribute <laughs> so I remember being like god I need to get a job and um I I go you know I gotta do something and I I just felt almost like a nervous breakdown it's like a it was like a um what do they call it midlife crisis I had a midlife crisis at like 24 27 years old um and I was like god I, I don't have anything for myself you know I'm always moving around with my husband I don't have a job anymore I left a good job in Hawaii. I don't have a degree because I didn't go to school after high school. 
Um, my kids don't need me anymore because they're at school, eight, you know, seven hours a day. They do, obviously, but in my mind, they don't need me. Um, and I was like, God, what is, what is my life? Like, why, what am I doing? I have nothing. I'm just guy's wife, Lucas and Lana's mom. Like, who is Shauna, right? Mm. And so I, I ended up, I ended up going to New Zealand. Um, Brett lived in New Zealand and I was like crying on the phone to her. And I was like, I, you know, I just have nothing. Like I have nothing to say. This is mine. I did this. I accomplished this, you know? And she was like, come over. Like, we'll, we'll go on a road trip, epic road trip. All right. So I flew to New Zealand. My husband, you know, mind you, this was not like that quick of a decision. It was like a three week of crying and being depressed and my nothing for myself. Like I, I make it sound very, very normal now, but it was very depressing at the time. And I remember my husband being like, and this is, it reminds me so much of when I had first, you know, started dating him. You do what you need to do, but when you come back, it needs to be solved. You know, you, you can't, you can't keep living like, you can't do this. You can't be sad. You can't be depressed. Like it's just not a thing. And I remember like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And when I come back, I'm going to have I'm going to have the answers. I'm going to have the answers of how I'm going to fix my life to make it feel that I have accomplished something. Mm -hmm. And then I remember going like, okay, I got this. Heading to New Zealand. He's like, well, when you come back, this is done. I'm like, all right, go to New Zealand. Brett and I have an amazing trip. Um, we like camp by the beach. Um, we do all these like amazing things. We, we went on like the swing line, we did zip lining, we did, you know, we surfed, we laughed, we cried, we sang in the car, we hiked, we backpacked. It was just amazing, amazing trip in New Zealand and New Zealand's an amazing country. If you've never been, you should definitely go. Um, and I told her, I was like, I'm going to start yoga because I enjoyed yoga when I was in Hawaii, but I, I just did it for a little bit. And I'm going to go to school. I was like, if I can't get a job, I'm at least going to go to school. I came back. I went to my first yoga class. And I went to the campus, the University of Maryland. And I went to school. And I was like, I'm going to school. And then I felt like I had something. I was complaining the whole time about the school. But I had something to complain about. And it was something that was only mine. Um, yeah. And that's how I started yoga. And I kind of became obsessed with yoga. And really 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 dove into it and like did it every single day with my teachers and you know like my teachers became my friends and we we just did it every single day mm -hmm. <laughs> and then eventually I graduated with my bachelor's um Yay, and congratulations. I, thank you yeah I, I was really cool and another sad time my husband wasn't there for that he was deployed again um, and so it was one of those things It was like, man, you, you know, he, he supports me so much and everything that I do. And it's something that I wanted to share with him because if it wasn't for him, I didn't get that push. Go, go to New Zealand, go do what you need to do, but come back and have an answer. And I did. And I finished that journey, I guess you could say. Um, and it was just, it kind of sucked that he wasn't there to share it with, but I was able to do it. And again, that brings you back to alone, being alone. So um, yeah, um, but got the bachelor's and then I dove into the yoga hardcore. And then during the pandemic, I was like, I have all this time, you know, I'm working from home. 
um, I, cause I can't just leave for a month, you know, to go to a yoga training in, you know, India or something like I would love to do. I got my kids. I can't, you know, I can't leave for that long. So this, yeah. So I ended up doing it online virtual and it's been amazing and yeah, love it. Dove right in and just learned so much. And, you know, yoga is one of those things I really think that everybody should do. I think that even if you don't like yoga on the mat, like the physical aspect of it, yoga off the mat is where I think is the most beautiful process. So really cool. Walk us through like, what's the peace like in yoga? How does it like, how does it change your mindset? Do you feel like you're a whole lot more focused and a whole lot more at peace? Like when you're not doing yoga, like throughout the day? Do you start in the morning or do you do it at night or? So I started them. Well, when I first started, you know, it's, you know, they <laughs> jokingly, like, I remember in the beginning, like yoga is everybody has their own journey. And you're just like, mm-hmm. God, what ever? Like, I remember just being like, God, that's enough. You know, <laughs> like this no journey. And I'm like in this pose. And I'm like, shut up. Get me out of this pose. My arm hurts. You know, I remember thinking all those thoughts and they always say, I think they, I think the saying goes like, you're going to have, um, we have to look it up later. I think it's like 99% or 90% of yoga is done off the mat. 10% is only done on the mat. And I'd always be like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that mean? And what I've learned, and again, my journey is going to be very different from if you started yoga and you dove into it. Um, my experience with it was you learn these poses and you learn these different vinyasa flows that you're going to class for and you're learning the physical side of it and then you start learning about the peace and then you start learning about clearing the mind allowing the breath to move you through those movements right and the breath is a very very strong thing it's very strong i don't think people realize how strong a just a simple inhale exhale can do for you um so then you learn that and then you, you meet people in your class and then, and then it starts becoming into your day-to-day life. You, you're, you're, you're more calm. You're learning to control your breathing. You're learning to, you're surrounding yourself by almost like-minded people when it comes to learning the peace of life and the peace of meditation and, you know, that sort of thing that you start surrounding yourself with these people and it starts bleeding into your life but in a good way so my life changed in a sense where uh, I used to want to fill a void with people like with people like I would I loved being around people I loved being around friends always 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 wanted to be around friends and I think yoga for me has made me more confident in myself as a person and what I am and like what I represent to people. Um, and that's a journey in itself. I mean, it takes, I, I didn't come to that realization within weeks, you know, it took years to come to the realization of who you are at your core. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a wonderful, yoga is just a, such a cool experience. And I think everybody's going to experience something different. So you should try it, try it out. Do they call you guys yogis? Um, yogi heads or yogi what? Yeah, you could be called a yogi. I mean, I don't know yogi what. Master. The, I'm definitely not a yogi master at all. My gosh, oh. I'm super beginner. Like I would still consider consider myself a beginner um, in yoga. I just got my certification, and there's so much to learn 
it's insane. It's insane yeah. how much you can ancient learn about it. Teaching, right? I'm sorry, what? The ancient old teachings. So they said like you can, you can be a lifetime learner when you're doing yoga. There's so many. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to dive into like, you can dive into philosophy, you know, you have, that's the Hindu religion. Like I, you know, one of my classes was based on cultural appropriation. And are we as yoga teachers representing the Hindu religion correctly, right? Like, are we, you know, just saying words, Hindu words, just because we learned it from another teacher? Do we really know what we're saying? You know, that sort of thing. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, I mean, you can, yeah, you can, I will be learning for the rest of my life, which is cool. You know, Shauna, when we first started this thing, you didn't think you could talk about yourself. Dear God, I know. <laughs> We're two hours in, folks. We're two hours in this thing. <laughs> I know. They're probably like, okay, that's enough, girl. We got no, it. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. This is your, this is your, your time capsule. Now we reach the point of the podcast where these are called the hilltop questions. But before that, I want to ask you a question because let me make sure this particular question i've noticed that you lived in yakota right so i made these questions up and it's uh you're going to answer these questions the question is uh what is a memory of a good time like living in yakota your worst memory what's your best memory your worst memory and a memory you'll never forget and your funniest memory living in yakota best memory worst memory Memory you'll never forget and your funniest memory living there. Best memory, I think, is when we were all in Rapungi and we met Johnny Knoxville from um, Jackass. Yes, he was at the club, Lexington Queen. And uh, the short guy. Uh, we man. No, no, no. Uh, not that short hair. guy, but the shorter guy with long hair, Chris Paws. What's it? I don't know what his name. Anyway, he was outside of the club, and Evo. somebody had recognized him. I don't know what his name is. I'm so sorry. But he was outside the club, and someone recognized him. It was like that's so and so from Jackass, and I'm like, what? What are we talking about here? And I, I remember I kind of saw a couple things, but I, I don't remember the show. But then I do remember Johnny Knoxville because I thought it was super hot. And um, Johnny Knoxville comes walking out. I was like, oh, my God, can I get a picture? I have a picture with Johnny Knoxville, too. That's the best memory. Worst memory? Worst memory. Or a bad memory. It doesn't have to be the worst one. Mm, I got into a fight in a club in Yokohama and I got arrested one night. What? 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 <laughs> what? You uh, Paul's? Yeah, I got in, got in trouble. But that was, you know, whatever. I got in a fight, got arrested, then whatever. Did you go to Japanese jail? No, 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 no. I just went to the police station. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was like the worst 24 hours ever. It was exhausting. Yeah, I got arrested too because there was a drunken tell. It was Halloween and I was leaving the club. So I was like, this girl's going to tell on me. <laughs> and I was leaving. And there was a drunken Teletubby outside. A Japanese guy passed out in a Teletubby costume. And the girl's like yelling at the cops and they're already helping the Teletubby guy. And they're like, wait, what? And they like stopped. I was like, stupid Teletubby. <laughs> Time for Telly. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. Your funniest memory. The funniest memory you ever that you had back there. 
funniest memory. I don't, I, I think funniest memories are just hanging out at the skate park with all those, with all the, the crew, you know, and just shooting the shit almost every weekend prior to departing for Rapunky. <laughs> All right, and this, okay, now these are called the Hilltop questions right now. You can answer this however you want. You can take as much, and this is like how we wrap the time capsule up. Question number one, do you believe in God? I do not. Um, question number two is, when's the last time you had a nightmare? Um, I, I don't know, very long time. I haven't had one in a long time. Uh, last time you had a panic attack? Um, I think it was like six months ago when we went, so we were or like, no, four months ago, we were allowed to go to Ikea or we were allowed to leave the base from the pandemic. Right. And I went to Ikea. I was like, oh, let's go to Ikea. And when you're isolated for so long and you watch the media, that's all you watch, social media, pandemic, this pandemic, that, and you don't see people because I, I didn't I was one of the people that ended up staying inside and we went on our walks with our family but that's pretty much it and I was like well let's go to Ikea and it was so crowded in Ikea I had to like move to the curtain section and like <laughs> and I don't have panic attacks I've never had a panic attack I've never had an anxiety attack and I remember being like my husband would be like, are you having a panic attack? I was like, I don't know. Oh my God, I think I'm going to die. And I had to get out of Ikea. It was too crowded. Yeah. Yeah, it was too crowded. And I remember I was like, why did I think that it was a good idea to come here? Because Japan, honestly, like there hasn't been many changes um, since COVID started. So, I mean, everybody wears a mask, but that's inevitable. Everybody wears a mask all the time. So, yeah, I don't know why I thought Ikea was going to be a good idea. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. On the train. Um, what's your biggest fear in life? Um, my biggest fear in life. Mm, I don't. I don't think I have any. Oh. Do you believe in soulmates? I do. Any thoughts on that, or you just believe in it? Um. I think that two people are God, it just sounds so corny, but yeah, I do believe in soulmates. I believe that I met mine. Um, I believe that I found someone that cares more about me than they do himself and vice versa. Um, and I think that, if you ever find that in life, I think you need to hold on to it. Yeah, that's like a Hallmark card. You should sell that. That's good. I worked for American Greetings. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a card right there. That's, a, that's an engagement <laughs> card. <laughs> that's an engagement card. There you go. If you looked at your life, right, we looked at your life, and it would say, you ever been on a, um, um, you ever been on a merry-go-round before? Mm-hmm merry-go-round like you stand in the middle and it's like all that if you look at your life how you said like different parts of your life you were like alone or different everything else but if you notice you're surrounded by love in every section of your life so what do friendships mean to you like what do your friendships mean to your life so you notice every stage of your life whenever you almost felt alone there was a friend there to be there for you so what does friendship mean to you 
Um, I really cherish my friendships with people and my connection with people. Um, I've come to a point in my life where now um, I don't need to try so hard to keep those connections and keep the, you know, keep up with the person anymore. And if, you know, you grow out of the friendships, that's okay. I've learned to accept that as at my age. Um, but I, I really do cherish friendships and I really, I think I expect a lot out of people, um, because I want them to expect a lot out of me. And I think it's because I've had such good friends and essentially like someone's going to take you to the hospital and raise your baby for 12 hours. That's not a normal thing, you know? And I just, I have those high expectations and I truly, truly appreciate all the friends in my life and what they've done for me. Um, and I don't have to like talk to them every day or anything anymore. I've learned to kind of live with that and like learn to just, just appreciate it and not have to like force it anymore. And I think, I think that's, you know, I've always been surrounded by love, like you said, just from my friends and I just love them all. <laughs> I don't have many anymore, but I do love them all. <laughs> what would it be the advice if you're talking to your son and your daughter as they're about to turn 18, what would you be the advice before they leave the house? What would you tell them as they graduate high school? What would be the advice you'll give your kids? Nothing in life. Um, you will never be given anything in life that is too difficult for you to handle. Mm -hmm. You will always be able to handle anything that life comes at, you know, throws at you. And if you can't handle it, I'll be there to help you. <laughs> now this last question is called, who are you? Right? It's a series of questions where we're asking the same question over and over again. The goal is to go beyond yourself. For example, yeah, you're getting deep, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's about being alone for your own thoughts. So just imagine, I think about it like this. Imagine like your grandparents having their thoughts when they're in their thirties, how they saw life, you know, I think it's okay. sometimes the older generation, they didn't really speak to us about like their selves and how they are emotionally feeling. And I feel like our generation, we, since we know ourselves now, we could pass it down to the next generation. So your kids will always have your thoughts of just like, wow, this is what my mom was feeling. This is what my mom went through. So I'm pretty sure they don't know your life story yet. You can Not tell, yet. but they can't grasp it yet of what's going on. Yeah. So it's like this. You can say, who are you? Just keep asking me, say, who are you? No, who you are gonna, you? I'm going to say Jared Waters. Ask it again. Who are you? Two-time wrestling champ. Who are you? Brother, like that. And the goal is to go beyond uh, of what your name is. To say, who okay. are you? You're defining yourself. All right. Well, don't worry That's if you get stuck. Difficult. You ready? I think so. All right. Who are you? Shauna Griffin. Who are you? Mother. Who are you? Wife. Who are you? Hard worker. Who are you? Yoga teacher soon. <laughs> Who are you? Friend. Who are you? Fun. Who are you? Um, I don't know. Is it just adjectives? No, it's just, just whatever you, sometimes, sometimes we define ourselves by our names and sometimes we define ourselves through other things. So the goal is not to know now, but when you do it again, your answers will change. Like if we do the, do this podcast 10 years from now, you will say who you are now. This is just who you are in this time in life. 
Mm, okay. Um, let's see. And usually when you stop, that's when we stop answering questions. Once you start thinking, it's just what's off the tip of your head of what you can say. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm done then. I don't so this know. This is the last that's question it. before we wrap up this podcast. If someone had a book, right, and they had the Shauna Griffin story, right, and they opened that book, what would you want them to say about you? When it's all said and done and they hand your book away, what do you want them to say about you? That I lived my life the way I wanted to. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Jared Waters. This is my friend, Shauna Griffin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how can they find you? How can people, do you do lessons online? How can people get lessons right now? Sign up for some uh, yoga classes. Do they do that? No? I oh, should. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, I'm still waiting. I just turned in my final exam actually yesterday. So I'm waiting to get that. And then I'll probably be posting on my Instagram. I'll probably have you and your lady come on down to my Zoom meeting for a yoga class but yeah i'm on instagram it's um what is my handle at underscore shauna griff you can find me there um yeah and then maybe one day i can invite you on my zoom channel let for my know. yoga class i'll be there let me know if you need a stand-up comic i'm there you need anything else i'm there madam i am <laughs> Awesome. And thank you so much for doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. Awesome. You enjoy that? That was good, right? That was fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 80, a picture worth a thousand words with my dear friend, Shauna Vertarbo Griffin. You know, so dope. Uh, we recorded this maybe uh, a couple months ago. Uh, <laughs> her husband uh, was watching her do it, and she didn't think she could speak that long. But I think everyone's life is interesting, right? The right person asking the right questions. And it's so amazing seeing somebody. And she was like my big homie. Like when I lived in Japan, like she was like our neighbor. I used to walk past her house when I was, you know, out here, out here uh, deep in sin. But she was always just super sweet to me. And uh, we have a lot of people around this podcast that we consult. And I was talking to my brother. He said, maybe you should get Shauna, man. I was like, yeah, man, Shauna has such an interesting life. I'm curious, like Shauna's thing. So just imagine... Shauna's kids getting like 35 or something like that. And they stumble across this podcast. Like, wow, that's who my mom was when she was in her 30s. Wow, it's amazing. So I want to thank Shauna for being so open and opening up her life to us. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll catch you next time, ladies and gentlemen. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree and a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Have a wonderful day. Please follow her, man. Follow her on Instagram. And if you want to sign up for her classes, freaking sign up when she kicks off the Zoom, when this pandemic ends. If you're in freaking Japan or wherever she is next in the world, hit her up. My name is Jerry Waters. Have a wonderful night. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I say, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, as I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walk the face of the earth you gotta break that thing over she wants it private but y'all not even together right now so we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months and then i said and i said uh uh-uh, and i'll be the next jamar neighbors yeah. and she was up like i know that's right <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to the podcast my name is jerry waters And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.